1: Hey, everybody, this is Larry the Cable Guy. Check this out. So I'm in my truck driving with my buddy, and we was heading up to the men's warehouse to fart in the suits, and he's listening to his phone, and I said, that sounds like Hermie Sadler. He said, it is Hermie Sadler. He's got a podcast called Leanin' Right and the Left with Sadler and the Senator. I said, Sadler and the Senator? He said, yeah, that's his good buddy, Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley. I said, well, what in the world? He didn't know this. I said, did you know that Hermie Sadler was voted one of the 50 best-looking drivers in NASCAR. He said, I did not know that. I said, because it ain't true. <laughs> you never know, though. He never takes off his helmet. But I know one thing. This show, leaning Right, Turnin' Left, is good. So pull up a chair right there by your phone, get yourself a cold beer, and give a lesson right here to this week's episode of Leanin' Right, Turnin' Left with Sadler and the Senator. I tell you what, I bet Michael Walter's even listening. He's always one to do something like that. Oh, Sadler, got another one over on Walter. Get her done,
2: man. I love Larry the Cable Guy. I'm Virginia
3: State Senator Bill Staley, and I'm leaning right. And I love Larry the Cable Guy too. And I'm Hermie Sadler, turning left, leaning right, and turning left with Sadler and the Senator is back once again, powered by Pesomatic. How you doing, Herm? I'm doing great, buddy. How are you? Man, I'm doing
2: good. I'm full as a tick. I just ate well, here. We just had a good meal, didn't we? Beautiful restaurant in downtown Emporia. Faux show restaurant. Faux show. Hermie Sadler's Faux show restaurant.
3: Technically, it's Hermie Sadler's Faux show bar and grill. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I stand corrected. So uh, this is a... I don't know what day of the week this is. This is a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> Uh, Days are running together.
2: Yeah, it feels like a Monday. So
3: you were in in Emporia doing some legal work, not not related to our skill gain lawsuit against the Commonwealth of Virginia, but uh, some other uh, legal work here uh, in the Emporia area. So while you're here, we got a nice lunch and decided to take advantage of this opportunity to. Tape another edition of Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler in the Senator, powered by Pacematic. And so today we're going to do a little bit different. We're going to do an opening segment here and hit on a variety of topics. And then we're going to kick it back to Sunday. You and I were at Pulaski Motorsports Park. I guess that's the official name for it. Formerly Formerly Motor Mile Speedway. Mm -hmm. Um, And go back to Sunday, the Smart Modified Tour. Uh, got back into action. And not only that, we we'll talk a little bit about the race and the ins and outs of that and the North Wilkesboro Wheeling Modified Tour race on Saturday night, we had an opportunity to spend a couple minutes again with former series director uh, for the NASCAR Cup Series, David yeah. Hoots. And he is he was, a hoot. He is a hoot. And now he's in charge of the Smart Modified Tour, running the show and calling the shots as far as directing the race. For the smart tour, and you know, since the very beginning of this podcast, Bill, we have made reference. And by the way, we got to recognize who's not here. Oh, that's again. True. I know this is
2: now two recordings in a row in the same podcast. Chip, Chip Mouse, is not here. Our fanny pack had yet another appointment. He could not be here on Sunday when we taped the that earlier. Uh, segment because he had, what, a honeydew list or was he on vacation?
3: And I'm concerned about the status of Shep Moss as it relates to this podcast because he went from an occasional guest mm-hmm. to, in his mind, most important full-time guest right? to behind the scenes trying to take production power right. of the podcast away from you. He had a lot of, um, let's call them ideas. A lot of ideas. He's got a better way. He, he uh, and, but now while trying to make this power play, much <laughs> like he did with Town Council inside South Hill, <laughs> right. right. in the middle of trying to be a, you know, have a power play, he quits. <laughs> he pulls back. Oh my God. It's like he stokes and just, leaves. Just like he did it. He stokes
2: and leaves. He says he's a change agent. Right. He insists on being in the middle of everything. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to crunch time or when you let him in and the changes start to come, he's nowhere to be found. And so he, today he said he had a doctor's appointment. Yeah. Uh, Must be a flare up of the herpes, I guess, or something like that. I guess. I I don't know. He said... Uh, it was something else.
3: You said that I
2: didn't. No, <laughs> uh, that was my opinion. So yeah. you can't sue me for it. But yeah, you miss Shep Moss, and I tell you, and I think we talked about it a little bit in the second segment. But um, but you know, I'm walking through the pits, or I see people, and they go tell Shep something. Yeah. And so he probably feeds off of that. But then when you when you want to deliver the goods and you want Shep Moss on, he's nowhere to be found.
3: But you you kind of get my parallel here. Shep went from. As it relates to town council of South Hill, I'm going to get rid of the town manager. We're going to get to the bottom of Burn Powell Gate. Burn Pile Gate. We're going to, the, the Colonial Theater, we're going to clean all that up. We're going to uh, push for transparency and get rid of all this corruption. So he starts down that road, and then he quits. <laughs> he goes to Pull the track. lake, Bahamas, beaches. Ooh, vacation. Vacations. Okay. Same thing here. Yeah. Last couple of weeks, he's the podcast has to be more topic oriented. Yes. We have to have a game plan, <laughs> yep. a syllabus. We have right. to do homework. We have right. to do all this. So he wants to take the reins of the production of leaning right and turning left with Sadler in the Senator to power by pace But at the same time, while he's doing that, all of a sudden he's not available. Yeah. Well, and he sets up the
2: board usually. So in segment two, I think I have a little trouble with the microphone. Yeah. Um, so I miss Shep there. Uh, could have used him. When he makes and ingratiates himself into the middle of things, then you become dependent on that. And then, I don't know if it's kind of a psychological thing to to make sure that we, we don't depend on him too much or we miss him too much or, or he wants to see how the ratings are because we have so many listeners, thousands and thousands, and maybe that goes down and he can prove his worth. I think a couple podcasts back, he was complaining about the pay, the rate yeah. of pay. He, and, he, and, he, and now, if you think about it, he was brought in to be the antagonist To one of our guests in the second segment, Alan Joseph, the famous
3: Alan Joseph. The whole bow I was trying to tie on this is the reason why Shep was initially invited to be on the show was to help us bring to light the legend that is Alan Joseph.
2: And we got to sit down with Alan Joseph for the second time. The first time that that's ever been heard by our podcast (laughs) listeners probably because the first one, as we talk about in the second segment, never saw the light of day. It was so outrageous. That even we said it was too much for, for the listeners it was to listen a lot. to. It was hilarious. It was funny, but it was um, maybe a little out of bounds even.
3: But so coming up in the next segment, you're going to hear from David Hoots. He'll talk a little bit about the Smart Series and what the differences are between calling a race in the Smart Modified Tour versus the top divisions of NASCAR. We'll ask him a little bit about. How those things differ and why he's back in the Smart Series. He's and, got a great story, or you have a hilarious story about your interaction with
2: him at one of these races.
3: Yeah. That I think Charlotte, is I'll ask him about hard. that. Listening to and that. then we have Alan Joseph on now, People. This guy <laughs> in a Range Rover, I believe. Uh-huh. We found out it was a high end car. Bagged over himself. Yes. As he was trying to illegally. <laughs> dump trash <laughs>
2: because he didn't want to get in trouble with his wife
3: and a homeowners
2: association it's a story you don't want to miss it's hilarious but he also talks about skill games too because we found out and you know we've talked about that and he's much like us he is pay passionate Somatic. about that he is and he's understandable uh, for once you can understand what he's saying and he, and he talks about that we even find out what he really does for pay we do and it, well i think we do <laughs> well at least we try to crack the nut there a little bit but mm-hmm. but it was um it was a great day to sit and talk with them pre-race. So we have a pre-race cut that's gonna come up after the first break. Then we'll come back and do a little talking about the race itself now that it's Tuesday. But before I go any farther, I just wanna back up to here at Faux Show. I've never had, I had a uh, homemade chicken salad sandwich. That is the best bread. Yeah. you make your bread? We do. That is some of the finest bread and it was on the eight inch sub roll in the Mm. fresh, Yep, just a right amount of crisp. I sound Mm -hmm. like Guy Fieri. Gaffieri. Salt. Gaffieri. Yeah. And uh, we watched that show, my wife and I. Do. And, and and I'll tell you a funny thing about that, but what a great meal. And so if you're ever an employer, uh, you need to stop right here on uh, on 58, right at the exit for 95 North and South, come to the Sadler Travel Plaza. This is a great restaurant. And that homemade chicken salad was to die for. It's yep. some of the best I've ever tasted. And I make it myself. I mean, I roast a chicken to make it myself, and that was better than mine.
3: So uh, I'm before- not kissing your ass. Yeah. Yes, you are. But I understand. Oh, and and let's talk about today, too. I was going to say, before we kick it back to Sunday at Motor Mile, (laughs) um, you know, I don't get to see you as much as I used to. No. uh, This time of year, you you know, you're busy with your stuff. I've got my stuff going on and we talk regularly. But but, you know, we're we're getting ready to go back to court in December for the skill game lawsuit. But we don't see and talk to each other as much. And. So I decided, I'm not sure if you decided or I decided, that I would join you in court today. You decided. On a matter that has nothing to do with me. Yep. Maybe somebody who, who I know, a, uh, a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. But So I go in to just be moral support for you and my friend in court. And first thing I realize, I walk up to the front door, and I can't have my phone, which, like most people yes. these days, is like, taking your pants off you know it's like <laughs> how can i survive without my phone
2: well you know when you went through the magnetometer i did ask for a full body cavity search of you but the and the what did i tell has, the deputy uh yeah, at the
3: uh she said she said something about what i was wearing um the the deputy at the at the door and i may or may not have slipped up and told her don't worry i don't wear any drawers yeah, yeah, you
2: weren't wearing drawers because I, I asked a full search and yeah. she said well that we'd have to take his pants down and she said well i hope you're wearing clean underwear and you said well i don't wear drawers
3: yeah Kind of like
2: Plugmore. We had a little
3: Plugmore incident. Yeah, so um, I decided to go be moral support for you while we are in court. And I, for all intents and purposes, ended up running the show for you in court.
2: (laughs) You know, and I turned to you and I said, here, I'm one of the greatest best attorneys in all the commonwealth of virginia and humble too yeah well it, it, that as well i mean you, you got to balance that and here i am being shown up by a dude that owns a damn gas station yeah i mean everybody in that courtroom from the time we walked through the door to the time we sat down every break that the judge took he took more than a couple um they would all come up to you, wave to you start talking to you. And you know, I'd driven three hours
3: this morning to get here. You were worried I was gonna be late and I almost was. Be honest. I almost was. You walked in the we we walked in the courtroom at nine fifty-eight for right. ten o'clock tea time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one thing that I try not to be late to is court. I, everything else is is Eastern Stanley time, but we made it right on time. And uh and you were like the celebrity and the I didn't I see the guy with the star on his uh on his uniform and that's the high sheriff and mm-hmm. and we've been sitting there what about an hour and in that time when we're sitting there in the hour i've been to courtrooms all across the commonwealth of virginia i have never mm-hmm. seen the type of people in that courtroom in all my <laughs> life and i'm not talking about the the men in blue and the women in blue that do so well for us or the lawyers i was talking about some of the people that were called there because they were charged with crime and i mean there was one guy who came in wearing a nine almost like a, if you ever saw the six million dollar man steve austin the tracksuit He was wearing one of those 1970s (laughs) tracksuit, had double earrings. He clearly was on something. He was doing the the jerky, jerky, shaky, itchy. Actually,
3: it's better than going to Walmart. It
2: was. It was
3: people watching time. So you and I sat there making each other laugh. Because you had the same type of folks, and at the same time, they're trying to communicate with a (laughs) court-appointed attorney.
2: (laughs) I I looked at you, and I said, I feel like I've walked into another dimension. Yeah. And so that was tracksuit Bobby. And then we had one woman who... We were sitting in behind a couple who was sitting on the edge. We were sitting on the edge of the uh, courtroom pews, and
3: she comes over there and just goes scoot, 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 and, and like, while she's doing it, like she's taking little small jumps forward and gyrating, gyrating with her hips, like like scooch, scooch. Like a scooch, like a mini, yeah. Humpathon. That, that was instead of <laughs> taking her hand and saying, "Can you slide?" She was using her hips. And I and I told you, I leaned. And in the judge and
2: looked like he was really impressed with all yeah, that. Yeah, he was. And I leaned into you and I said, uh, "I've learned a new way to say scudo. Yeah. And uh, then she sat there and she was talking it's like that, like it this was, old song called "My Humps." Yeah. Well, she yeah. was doing something close to that. If you can yeah. imagine what that gyration looked like, she sits down and then she's just yapping like she's sitting in a yeah. restaurant, which you can't do. You're supposed to be quiet like church. And, and the uh, Baylor
3: finally had to. Tell to it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> shut up. Do not talk anymore. <laughs> there was a there was a lady next to her who had a neck tattoo that I pointed out to you, and I couldn't tell. I guess it might have been done in prison, I don't know, or somebody with bad penmanship, and it either said free love or free loan. And I was like, maybe she worked at like one of them car title loan places, and that's free loan because it didn't look like free love. It looked more like an OAN than an OVE. But um, that was interesting after um, Tracksuit Bobby, and then you had that woman... Who obviously was late to court? The woman that scooch, 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 and she, and she got up.
3: called out, which I'd never seen before. Obviously, luckily, <laughs> outside of my lawsuit, I've never spent a whole lot of time in court. But this girl got called out for a immediate drug test.
2: She was late to court. She was late to court, and then, and then what I saw was two things I, I really have never seen. One, she was like, "Oh, please show mercy on me," and and uh, the judge was like, "Well, i got a capias here, and uh, you're going to take this drug test, or I'm going to." Uh, I'm going to serve it on you and put you in jail. She says, well, let me tell you what my... <laughs> yeah, he was, she he was getting was ready was to tell the, the judge what list she was on.
3: He said, <laughs> and, don't tell me, you know, tell them. <laughs>
2: then she went back in the, you know, they go in the side room with the female officer to administer the drug test, which is a P-test. And usually in my history and practice, uh, that P-test takes like, you know, they try to hold it, especially if they're dirty. They're going to come out hot. And, uh, uh, and that woman came out, the, the, the big deputy came out... Mm. Sp- Pulling off those rubber gloves like they were snapping, a minutes, yeah. snapping them, yeah. and you knew she was going to jail, and she pretty much uh, went through the side door. So, not a good day for her. Uh, looked like track suit, Bobby got a continuance. Yeah, um, but let me let me get to the part that I low. was
3: helpful. You you went up and tried to flex your muscle yeah. with somebody with the com with uh, with the Commonwealth Attorney's Office and Look at me, had a it's little big conversation. Bill yeah. Look, I'm. I'm Bill Stanley. Yep. In, in in your words, the biggest baddest attorney in the Commonwealth of <laughs> Virginia. I'm also a state senator. Here's go what ahead. we gonna do with with my client and the guy. Right. Had a, no, no, you sit, wait, do whatever. You got to be here all day. The it's judge, like an hour and a half. The judge had some, uh, which is understandable. Yeah. Had some health issues with his mom, yep. and so he was having to take, um, a recess from time to time to go take phone calls related to his mother, which was fine, but finally the uh the the city sheriff walked over and uh one a, a friend of mine and spoke and he said why are y'all here and we told him why we were here he <laughs> what's said what's the, the name, name? <laughs> we gave him the name he said we'll get y'all right up yeah so when the judge came yep. back out they called our yep. your client my friend up and yeah and we were out the door first out the door first out, first out the, the door game. yeah now
2: we'd waited a little while i guess we could have used and dropped that name name Power that you have here in Emporia, uh, a little bit earlier would have gotten us out a little bit earlier. It was about an hour and a half in, but I swear, as soon as they came back, I heard Stanley, yeah, and then my client's name, and I went up there, and and it was over in about two seconds. Didn't take long. You have quite the power here. I mean, and I asked you. I said, why don't you run for mayor of Emporia? Not a chance. You're already kind of the
3: technical. Not man. running for anything anymore, ever. I've told you and Jimmo, Jimmo several times that I'm not doing that. But that does bring me to one more thing I want to discuss before we kick it back to Pulaski Motorsports Park on Sunday. We are basically one month away from election day. Yeah. Here in the Commonwealth of Virginia, so give us a give our listeners a quick. Uh, run over of how you feel about your race in particular you're up uh for election again and an area that of the state that loves you very much i know but also talk a little bit about what the temperature like how do you think things are looking uh for the republican party in the commonwealth of virginia well i think you know number one i'm very grateful and
2: honored to to hopefully represent the senate district seven if the people elect me it's a 75 25 conservative district i haven't seen much of my opponent uh, we've tried to kind of shepherd our resources, not so much into putting so much in my campaign, but actually turning the money that I'm raising around and writing checks for the people that really need them. In the in competitive races. races yeah. yeah, that are, that are going to need them if we're going to get the Senate back and get the majority back and be able to enact Youngkin's legislation and his agenda. And certainly we want to do what we can to maintain the House. So that's where a lot of my focus has been. So, you know, not so many 4 by 8s go out. We're giving out yard signs they go make appearances. Um, But we're really focusing on trying to help the other areas and there are some tight races and you can see by the amount of money that the Democrats are pouring in and Republicans are pouring in and what you're seeing now is a lot of outside money because I think the Democrats realize right now with everything that Joe Biden has done what's been going on on the federal level whether it's inflation the high high cost of gas you know that very very well it's going back up again. Uh, You've got, you know, a a adult workforce, you've got uh, them telling now you can't have a water heater if it's a gas water heater or a a stove or all these things that they're limiting debate and censoring people and and trampling on the First Amendment, transing our kids, uh, CRT, and and really trying to not acknowledge parental rights. I think the pendulum is swinging nationally and also in the Commonwealth towards conservative values. You, You see all the polls Uh, The polls demonstrate that nobody trusts Biden on the economy. Nobody trusts Biden on the southern border. Uh, And you're talking about in the 20s and 30% of approval. Uh, The rest of them disapprove or disapprove strongly. So they see Virginia as a bellwether, that this is going to set up how the next elections are going to go. And what we were having was a threat of a government shutdown at the federal level, which happened when Ralph Northam was elected. You know, it always seems to come around when we have an election coming up and it affects us because Northern Virginia has, uh, you know, has has a gobstopper amount of government workers and people that work for companies that are dependent on the government. So what they would turn out in force. It doesn't matter at the state level, House of Delegate and Senate races. All 140 seats are up in this regard because all the people in Northern Virginia that would be affected, they're all Democrats anyway. We lost. We've lost Northern Virginia entirely. Not a member of the House of Delegates or the Senate is from that area. So. I didn't think it was gonna have that big of an impact like it might on a gubernatorial race, say if Youngkin was running this year, which he's not. Um, But nevertheless, it usually has always affected uh, Republicans adversely when there's a shutdown because Republicans in in Washington, D.C. actually are trying to control spending, which is out of control. But I see a real shift coming where, and we're seeing this in kind of the early voting tabulations. We're seeing this in more money pouring into these races. We're seeing this in what we call brush fire polls, which are showing Tight races in districts we thought were going to go Democrat. Uh, We're seeing uh, good Republican numbers showing up in swing districts that could go either Democrat or Republican. And, of course, even more solid in, say, 75, 25 districts like myself. But the turnout is good. People are mad. People are angry. And they know that maybe this election really is not just a bellwether, but a way to make a statement that we don't like the way the country is being run. not just Virginia. We like the politics of Glenn Youngkin. We trust Republicans when it comes to the economy, when it comes to security. We're tired of the woke movement, and we're really tired of this this system of justice, which lets out murders and rapists, and uh, doesn't seem to punish those that need to be punished. And now what we've seen is rampant crime and and an escalation in that. You and I were talking to the Commonwealth Attorney here today, and you know she was just talking about how much more murder they have, and how you think it's like eleven keyed, or twelve current. 11.
3: Yeah. cases right now.
2: In Emporia, and 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 Greensville County. I don't think she said a majority, but a surprising number are of juveniles. Yeah, and juveniles that are spree killing—that is, they wanted to feel. I don't
3: mention without she didn't give us any details, but a 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. So I think
2: the electorate, which is you know, you've got your Republicans, you've got your conservatives, but then the independents are really going to turn elections. And I think they've had enough, and I think a lot of Democrats have had enough. They don't recognize their own party. And, you know, until they get rejected for their policies, uh, these radical lefties are going to continue to try to see what freedoms they can take away, how they can change democracy into socialism, uh, how, how they can claim to take from the rich and give to the poor, but really only make their pockets richer and make poor people poorer. You now, think about it this way. In Joe Biden's economy, Bidenomics, there are more people below the poverty level than have ever been before in the United States. In... Donald Trump's four years it was the least amount of people in poverty so you've just seen a swing in two and a half three years from the least amount of people in uh, poverty to now the most ever and so they're taking away opportunity not creating opportunity for the very people that they say that they care about they're creating more uh, dependency on government rather than removing it and allowing people to think for themselves and do for themselves and be successful and I think people are tired of it
3: so in your opinion I got two two questions. First, in your opinion, are the Republicans going to gain a majority in the Senate and hold on to the House here in the Commonwealth of Virginia in November?
2: You know, and I think we've talked about this one once before, but not in this detail. I would have, you know, I was probably more hesitant. I'm feeling more confident now. So I think we'll at least get to, you know, we have 40 people in the Senate, a 2020 tie with Winsome Sears, the great lieutenant governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia sitting as the president of the Senate breaks all ties. So that would give us the majority. So I think we're looking at least at a threshold of 2020, maybe more in the Senate. And I'm, um, I've been talking to some people who are a little worried in Virginia Beach that perhaps Virginia Beach, a once Republican stronghold, may be turning on some of the delegate seats there, to give some House of Delegate seats to the Democrats. But I feel very confident. We had a two-vote advantage there. We're down two in the in the Senate i think we'll be able to hold on it won't be big huge majorities like they were at one time or another they never are in the senate but i think we've got a really really good shot of getting a republican house and senate to give glenn youngkins common sense agenda a chance and i think once people see that that will be i think a a catalyst to to what we'll see in the national elections no matter who the presidential uh, nominees are
3: one of the things that we've talked off and on about pretty much the entire time we've been doing this podcast, but also especially in the last couple of months. And that is we've had an ongoing debate on whether or not we think Donald Trump come next November will be the Republican nominee for president of the United States. Now they're coming after him, the the district attorney and those up in New York. I saw, and of course I get tickled when I, on TV, I guess they've got some kind of a case against him in New York, basically trying to say that he has misstated the value of his assets and this and that and the other. And, you know, I would think it like, okay, we're at the mercy of the judge. Let's be nice to the judge. But no, not Trump. He's outside talking on TV saying he's a disaster. (laughs) He is corrupt. He has no business being a judge, you know, all that. So uh, just just a, a snapshot in time right now. How do you think about the possibility um, that Donald Trump will ultimately survive all of these attacks and end up being on the ballot in November next year? Uh, well,
2: I think you can go back and and see how our comments, what, three or four podcasts when we were... Where were we?
3: We were at a race...
2: A Speedway, a Speedway. When, we, when
3: we gave our predictions of who right. would end up on the ballot. And, and I
2: think what you've seen so far is that these... Litigations that the Democrats have brought against Donald Trump are only galvanizing his support. I mean, I think he's gone up DeSantis and the others have gone down. They've not acquitted themselves very well at those two debates I mean, it's just it looks childish and that that's usually what happens when you let too many people on the debate floor And some people that don't belong stay on the debate floor too long. So it's doing well for him Um, you see in the polls when it comes to Republicans who think that These lawsuits and criminal charges are all politically motivated. It's overwhelming. But really, there's a great majority of of, uh, Americans that think these lawsuits and these criminal trials are politically motivated. So he's galvanizing support. He's not weakening. Now, we're just getting started into the trend of what these trials will do. Will that chip away at the support? Will people get tired of it? I don't know that it makes Democrats any, any stronger. The one thing you always worry about is Democrats are motivated, and the loonies are motivated to come out to vote against Trump. You and I were talking, actually, in court during a break about how you know you have to motivate people to vote for you, yep. not to vote against somebody. Democrats are really good to walk in lockstep to vote against somebody, and that galvanizes them as well. But I think so far, what I've seen in the polls is that people are now seeing this three years of Bidenomics and and Biden's policies and and the porous border with over two million people. Uh, illegal aliens coming over 2.3 million I think it was in the last fiscal year they see how it affects the country even some Democrats are saying this is way too much I think what you're seeing is people are comparing how was my life under Trump even if they didn't like Trump that much or they thought he was crazy or didn't like his mean tweets they knew that their lives were better here they can compare and contrast and I think that's gonna hurt the Democrats as well so I gotta say Trump looks pretty strong it's going to make for mayhem in the general election in 2024, uh, but I guess what it'll come down to is does somebody want to continue on the path we're going, or would we like it to have been as it was in 2016, 2017, 2018, which Trump embodies and personifies that? So I think he looks pretty good. I don't see anybody breaking up. DeSantis seems to be going backwards.
3: If you know, yesterday when I was watching Trump on TV, he had. A huge legal team, probably eight or 10 attorneys standing around him. And he's the one doing the talking, not the attorneys. And he's calling the judge, all these names. And it look, that's his, that's his personality and that's his attack back. And so if you were a member of Trump's legal team in his current situation, like you saw or like we saw yesterday, would you be advising him to take the steps that he's taken and calling people out, not only the judge, but the district attorney and all these other people. I mean, it's worked for him so far, but would you, how would you feel as if you were one of his attorneys on him approaching and calling people out the way he does? I'd be sitting in the back
2: like the other guys, just keeping my mouth shut. Cause there's sometimes you get clients that look like you, you know, we're collaborative. We work together. We ask, you know, questions of each other. We give it, I give you advice. You listen to it. If you have a feeling of a certain way in the court case that we have against uh, the government in trying to legalize and being successful so far, skill games, there's that kind of client. Then there's the client who's terrified, who basically you have to do everything for that client, speak for them, especially in high profile cases, write things for them, go win for them, and you rule the roost. And then you get the client like the Donald Trump. And Donald Trump has the money and the power and his personality is kind of like if you got into a half bath at your house with an inflatable, one of those giant inflatable rafts, and you pulled the ripcord, pretty soon there's not enough space for you left in that bathroom. That's that's the raft, you know. And he's he's that kind of iconic personality where I think you could advise him on the law, but when it comes to publicity, he knows. And why not? I you know I gotta gotta hand it to him a little bit here. This judge, huge Democrat donor, in a Democrat area. Who values what Mar-a-Lago at 18 million?
3: 18 million. 18 million. You know, I saw and Trump realtors. said it's worth at least a billion. <laughs>
2: <laughs> One billion. One billion dollars. Um, and, and that's even realtors said that's ridiculous. And now the, now the judge has entered the phrase so much, and he's smiling at the first day of court because he's getting his picture taken. He's got Trump where he wants him. I mean, this is it shows the vitriol that Democrats and liberals, even if they're judges, they don't leave their politics. They're supposed to leave it at the, door, the courtroom door, but they don't. And clearly this guy doesn't have it, and he loves the limelight right now, and he loves that he thinks he's got Donald Trump and the Trump organization in a trap. Uh, and now he's saying, don't say I said it. Mar a Lago's worth 18 million. Well, he did. You know, the whole case is that Trump overvalued his property in order to get loans. But isn't that between Trump and the, the loan bank. company? Yeah. And if the loan company gave him the loan and he got paid back, which none of this is that he defaulted and they got paid back and they made interest and they made money, isn't that okay too? And now the judge is,
3: is stepping if, in for political if there was bias, action to be reasons. taken, it would be by the financial institutions.
2: Correct. Yeah. And this, but, but instead, they couldn't get him on anything else. So this is what they're, they're going to. And what they're trying to do, the ultimate goal is, and I can't believe this judge has this power, is that he can seize and decertify Trump's business licenses or his corporate entity's ability to transact business, which would then force all of Trump's property in New York into receivership, which would mean a third party basically controls it, owns it, disposes of it. I mean, that's government taking... Uh, without just, just compensation. I mean, that seems not only unfair, but unconstitutional. So here we go in circus day number two on a Tuesday. We're going to see what's happening. And you know, no matter if the judge is not going to fine for Trump, chalk this one up for a loss. I think you're going to see that in a lot of these court cases, the criminal ones, it's going to be the court of appeals, but that's what they want. They want to tie up Donald Trump as much as they can, as often as they can to try to get people out to vote for Democrats. It's the same way of, of how they kind of rig the election in terms of, you know, voting ballot boxes out on any street corner, same-day registration, all the way, they kind of put their thumb on the scale on the the way that we handle presidential elections. They got caught at doing that, so now they're going to do it a different way, which is to dirty up and distract Donald Trump and to make him uh, look weak and and beat him, and then they know they're going to lose in the Court of Appeals. When the Court of Appeals reviews the case that happened downstairs, no Court of Appeals is going to say, yeah, this was okay. So in the end, what they've done is, They've made a show and a spe- spectacle of it like they did in the two impeachments, yeah. and basically over nothing, like the two impeachments. And somehow they believe this is a successful political strategy of maintaining power in the White House to pull the United States further to the left, to let more millions of people, undocumented, illegal aliens, criminal types, and drugs into our country because for some reason they think that's what's best for America and they say, democracy is under attack. You need to vote for us. Donald Trump threatens democracy when they're the ones
3: dismantling it. One more question. Sure. Before we send it back to the track. I've seen our governor, Glenn Youngkin, on TV quite a bit in recent weeks, and he always gets gets asked about his aspirations to potentially jump in the ring for president, uh, and I guess, and or vice president, and he's always noncommittal with his answers. Do you think that our governor has any real legitimate desire or would he be a real legitimate player potentially um, to run for president or potential potentially be a vice presidential candidate um, in 2024?
2: So the answer to the first question is yes. I think he has those aspirations. I think once he won the governorship, then that door opened up, but then he had to rule and uh, govern and in the first two years, even with a Democrat majority in the Senate, the brick wall caucus, as they uh, called it, he did the best he could. And quite frankly, he's been very proactive, protecting parents. He pardoned my client, Scott Smith. And you've got the, the Democrats acting crazy. So that raises his profile. He's got a certain way about him, you know, that, that when he delivers even speeches or something, it's, he's very compassionate. Not passionate necessarily, but compassionate. He's passionate too, but compassionate. That you really kind of go, hey, listen to this guy. If if he were to stand among those eight people that were at the uh, debates, he would stand out in his delivery system, in his focus, in the way that he thinks. And I think that would have separated him, as we say, it would have separated the wheat from the chaff. But yes, he has aspirations. I think he's smart if he stays out right now. Get yourself the two year agenda where and if he's able to switch the Senate to Republican hands, that's gonna raise his political capital. By the time that happens in November, you're really almost too late to run for president. But he's a great setup for the next round. Uh, if it if it doesn't you know, if it's Donald Trump wins, he can only have one more term. Because he served one and two term limits, as we have, for the president of the United States. So it would be four years. That would be two years after he's out of office as governor there's the United States Senate seats which will come open at the right time there's a a, a great wait for him to raise his profile I think it would be unwise for him to come in right now because I think it's kind of a, a silly idea what's he gonna do chip away at 56 57 percent of Donald Trump he would have to have that natural erosion from from lawsuit f- fatigue and and criminal trial fatigue for Trump that would have to be ebbing and what could he coddle together the seven or eight People on the stage that are putting together like thirty percent. I mean, you know, that's a that's a tight thing to weave in politics and late in the game. He'd have to have a game changer kind of thing that would help people turn and say, "We need Governor Yunkin uh, in the White House." And but I think he's an excellent candidate in the future. Your final question was, "Is he vice presidential material?" Well, yes, he is, but not for Donald Trump. I don't because those you're talking about two CEOs. Donald Trump is probably going to pick somebody like Vivek Ramaswamy. He, he really appreciates and demands loyalty uh, I think he fits the bill for the younger movement um, Nikki Haley they've gotten out of sorts I mean you know I think there's when you're the vice president for Donald Trump you've got a guy like Mike Pence great governor great guy you've just got to go along with everything and and Glenn Youngkin is an independent thinker so I don't think he's gonna be it wouldn't be a good uh, fit. it wouldn't be a Trump Youngkin ticket but I think he sets himself up if we can get the majority back like we were talking about earlier and pass some of his agenda and we really see how it works and he's really focused on tech talent pipelines and workforce development and if he can really put that together with the tools that we have and the instruments we have here in the Commonwealth then his then the sky's the limit on what ticket he can punch. What do you think? I mean
3: Yeah, I'm I'm um, you know, I'm I'm still doubtful that Trump is going to clear all the legal hurdles in time to to come out in a, in, a, in a case where enough people in America think he can beat Joe Biden. Cause that is the one thing that I think I wish people would pay more attention to not so much the popularity of Trump, but can he beat Joe Biden? And that goes back to the art of getting people to vote for you and not against uh, someone else, he's such a, such a lightning rod. And so a lot of that is uh, left to play out, but uh that's that's the cool part we'll uh we'll see how things play yeah. out and go from there
2: now i got a couple things i left these things on my phone because we've talked about them before but i want to show you where the democrats kind of are going downhill in virginia but i think on a nationwide we we talked about um what was her name Susannah gibson remember right. her uh she was the one that how was, could i forget <laughs> <laughs> she was the one doing the horizontal mambo on you know on a on a website for tokens and money with her husband and her whole sex life and, and a torrid uh, scandal was erupted in Virginia from that. Well, they did a poll in her district, a, court, a poll <laughs> um, in her district, and it was really a big. It was over a thousand people that participated in the poll, and you would be amazed because that was supposed to be a tight race, a swing race. People were pouring in money to her campaign. And Susana Tony Gibson's. Troy,
3: remember a couple weeks ago, said, "Oh, she's gonna win." Yeah,
2: she was gonna win because of what what, what happened. Well, surprisingly enough, Mr. Troy. And Democrats, uh, this poll revealed that a majority of likely voters think that, that the Virginia Democrat, that is Susanna Gibson, who raised money by performing sex acts online, should end her political campaign. When that discovery was made, um, 56% of surveyed voters in the state and it said the Democrat should drop out of the race, while 30% said she should remain. Uh, among Democrats, 44% said Gibson should drop out, compared to 39% who said she, she should continue. Now, when you're losing the Democrats, you've lost the race. When over half of them say she should drop out, then she's lost the race. And the funny thing about that is then Tim Kaine, Mark Warner, all these people, your your buddy Louise Lucas, all endorsed her. We talked about that in the Tony Troy uh, episode. And My guys, buddy you know,
3: Louise Lucas that your law firm represented. <laughs> yes. Well, they've all ripped down their – She uh, was turning down statues and yeah. – All these other things. (laughs) Stanley
2: Law Group to the rescue. Mm, uh, Yes. Uh, Guilty as charged. Um, But that was Tony's client. But they've all ripped down their endorsements from her. And you can't find them on their websites. You can't find it anywhere. So the poll shows that court constituency, Virginia Democrats, in her district, the ones that turn on turnout in elections, women, black voters, and young voters, said they were willing to vote for her opponent. When it comes to Gibson, women were significantly more likely than men to think she should drop out with 60% of women saying she should quit. And that's a constituency that she must, must have. Another group of Democrats that, that Democrats bank on to be successful, the black voters, felt strongly that she should leave the race. 62% saying she should drop out and only 18% saying she should stay in. 18 to 34-year-olds thought she should drop out by a 50% margin. 50 to 40 so a 10 percent margin and so that's a that's the people 18 to 34 that's the demographic everybody wants self-described moderates and independents want her to drop out um I mean she's basically I think toast so unfortunately uh her campaign is gone we've also had then another Democrat who should win in a Democrat seat or no, it's, I'm sorry, it's a tightly Senate seat, is Monty Mason, he's current senator, in the redrawn district, he's up against Danny Diggs, who is a sheriff out there, a very popular sheriff, and you know how sheriffs are, are with their constituents when they love them and they come out for them. It turned out that, that, and he tried to deny it at first, that Monty Mason, who was the president of his fraternity at William & Mary back in the 80s, held as a fundraiser A slave auction. A slave auction. An auction where they uh where they auctioned off fraternity brothers to do tasks for somebody who ever paid the money and the picture that they had and i'm showing you this right now this was their ad at the time in the late 80s someone it's a person on a block chained to that block in the same way that you would see in in the horrible slave trade that we had earlier in earlier centuries he tried to deny it said it never happened well, it turns out it did happen, and now even the BLM people from Williamsburg are turning on him. And so he's in a hot, a lot of hot water. You've heard it from me, and I think we've talked about this. I think Democrats are the racists. Uh, you know, they want to hold minority groups down. They want to force-feed them uh, the laws and, and give them money. And
3: I don't want to call somebody's name incorrectly on something, but who were a couple of the legislators that got caught on a hot mic talking despairing, despairingly about you and your... Um, porn bill porn bill uh, kind of off the record Monty Mason okay I, I, I want to make sure I had to yeah same person He called so, it yeah. garbage yeah he called
2: and he and he said parental rights was a fraud yeah and he said this porn bill protecting children was garbage same guy who had a slave auction and he was the president of the fraternity he wasn't just a member of the fraternity mm-hmm. and denied it happened denied it happened and then he gets chased out of a debate by BLM uh, supporters Yelling at him wanting answers for it, he won't even answer for it. So, you know, this is the kind of guy he's in trouble, then. And so, that's to see Danny Diggs. These kind of things we could snowball mm-hmm. absolutely. And again, you know, it's good for thee, but not
3: for me. It applies to thee, but not for me. That's how they feel. And hey, look, that's something that's that it. I've said. That's why you and I are such good friends, and you're refreshing is that you take it as an honor, in my opinion to have the position that you have and this and that. Some of these people, like the Monty Masons of the world, some of these people feel like they're so entitled Mm -hmm. that they're right all the time. And if you think differently than they do, they shouldn't even have to dignify certain people or constituents with answers or explanations. They think they can just shut the door and move on. Yep. And we're learning slowly but surely that on certain topics especially – that, you know, when you, when you finally get to a point where some of the, the Democrats own people yeah. are wanting them out the door, that's a, that's a, that's that's a big time problem. But I see, with Monty Mason, I see a trend where okay, this comes out, and then a couple weeks later, this comes out. Then, you know, you, th- those things snowball, and before you know it, they can snowball out of control and cause somebody, even with his tenure. An election yeah and he, and he's
2: he's been trying to identify as a moderate democrat that he's for lowering taxes and for more freedoms which his votes don't correspond with that but you've got again all you have to do when you analyze this as to how serious it is is to say to take the d off their name and put r what would the press and the democrats be doing if there was a republican who was the president of a fraternity who was holding a slave auction uh, they would have them uh, drawn in corner. They would drag them through the streets. Same thing for Susanna Gibson. They would do the same thing. You know, when um, when it was that congresswoman out from Colorado uh, who was, you know, at a play and vaping and, and in a, and a dress and acting foolish, you know, they call her out for that. And uh, I can't remember her name, Bobbitt or whatever it was. But, you know, and we call her out the same way. And so, Lauren Bobbitt. And so... You know, you would think that you would apply things equally, but all you have to do in these scenarios is say, well, if this person was a Democrat, uh, they seem to get a pass according to the Democrats. But if you'd put Republican next to their name, they would be excoriated by the Democrats. So I want to give you one more example real quickly. This is up in the safe area in Northern Virginia. Uh, George Barker, you remember old George. I do. George got beaten in primary, um, by Stella Perkowski. Uh, so she's a Democrat. And so she's also on the school board in Northern Virginia. A teacher, believe it or not, was nominated by the Republicans to run against her for the state, state Senate seat. We didn't have a lot of expectation to win this seat, but I'm telling you, it looks closer. Even the Northern Virginia people are looking at this race again, and here's why. And this is the title of, of from the Daily Wire. Virginia Democrat used government position to play role in the reprimand of a conservative appointment, records reveal. She's at the school board level. Uh, the Her opponent is a... Is a conservative teacher a conservative history teacher running for office and after a Democrat operatives complained to the school board Democrat op- operatives that that support Petrarsky's uh, candidacy they complained to the school board about her tweets saying that some of her tweets were conservative in nature and they were out of place for a teacher to be tweeting conservative things and these are the same teachers that say it's okay to tweet things about um, about CRT or transing the kids or or gay pride month um and that think that parents don't have any rights but if a conservative teacher tweets something out then the Democrats go right after her and in fact then they coordinated the school board coordinated with the school and coordinated directly with this Democrat Virginia Senate candidate Stella Patarski to reprimand and to conduct an investigation of this conservative teacher who's running for state Senate for merely tweets so so this is the corruption that they go and quite frankly Hermie, that's a crime if you're using your political office to do something against an opponent or anybody that's a crime so this democrat senate nominee for the virginia state senate committed a crime against her opponent she was that scared because her opponent dared to use her first amendment rights on twitter and say something conservative where this democrat opponent probably says some of the most outrageous things on Twitter that are liberal but should be exalted, say something conservative, and you should lose your job and and be reprimanded by a school board uh, who should have had no role in that. So there you go. I mean this is just high gla- its this is know, corruption at just be, order.
3: Look, I don't like to wish any harm to anybody, but when somebody's running for elected office to represent the people, I'm just thankful that some of these things and for all these things that are being brought to the surface, there's probably 10 times the amount of those things that people never find out about. Even if they do, it may be too late. But I'm just, uh, as, a, as a Virginian, happy that some of these things are being brought to the surface that you hope will ultimately put better, loyal, transparent, open-minded people in positions of government in the Commonwealth of Virginia.
2: Yeah, and oh, I just want to close out by saying this because want to keep everybody up to date. We talk about these things. I represent Scott Smith and the Smith family in Loudoun County Public Schools, where their daughter was raped. We're getting ready to file our Title Nine lawsuit against Loudoun County Public Schools. Just in the news this week, Scott Ziegler, the superintendent, who lied and said that no attack ever happened to my client. Uh, you know who was attacked brutally by a boy in a ba- girl's bathroom wearing a skirt he lied he covered up because he was trying to promote a transgender policy that would allow boys to go into girls bathrooms if they were feeling female and uh, so he lied and covered that up well he was convicted at the beginning of this week uh, end of last week uh, for uh, retaliation against a teacher who complained about a student sexually groping her in special needs and they covered it up because they'd rather and this was a teacher of the year and then they retaliatory fired her uh, because they didn't she didn't fit their narrative and certainly they were trying to cover up title nine on a number of different things and so uh, the former Scott superintendent of Loudoun County was found guilty here's the one thing that we found uh, in that trial Loudoun County said that Trump's policy forced them to cover up the rape of my client uh, in the, they said that Trump's Title IX policies were the reason why they never investigated my client, or any of these Title IX incident, incidents. In fact, uh, what what we found is that in the Blankenship and Keith report, which was an independent counsel who investigated the Loudoun County incidents at Broad Run High School, and with this attacker, in Stonebridge High School, uh, found exactly the opposite: that Donald Trump's Title IX amendments had strengthened the obligation of Loudoun County Public Schools to investigate under federal law Title IX uh, any discrimination and any attack upon a female student they they're so bad they blamed it on Trump they said well Trump's policies Trump's Title IX policies prevent us from it it was exactly the opposite even the lawyers told them that then they said well the Loudoun County uh, Sheriff's Department said we couldn't investigate or they would arrest us I mean they were doing everything they could to cover it up but now when all else fails, blame Trump. And that's what the public school system and the school board that's did.
3: The, that's the popular move. That's a, the default move. Yeah, I know. So, Trump's fault. So I see I see this
2: desperation that we were talking about earlier, and I see it as a great opportunity uh, for common sense to reenter the the space of government and actually save Virginia and, in turn, start the wave that turns into a tidal wave that turns America around so we can get back to where we're supposed to be.
3: You know, in most people in 2023... Is, is we're a nation of forgiveness in most cases and give people second redemption. You know, redemption, give people second chances. So if these people would come clean and say, Hey, I did this, it was wrong, I've learned from it, I'm a better person, it would be a better legislator to become of it. That's one thing. But they let me tell you a word I use a lot when I describe people in Richmond, they deflect. Mm-hmm. They want to take no responsibility. Not self-accountable. They're no self-accountable. could not be my fault. I'm entitled. Yep. Kiss the king's ring. I'm all these things. And as you said a few moments ago on this and other issues, I think people are just, in some cases, just tired of it. Well, did you see even, I mean, it goes so far
2: as on the national level. Do you see that socialist Marks is congressman from some state that pulled the fire alarm. Yeah, I saw that because yeah. we actually had. and We were talking about this earlier, but there's no shutdown. They they have a stopgap uh, spending bill for the government to keep running. And see, the Democrats wanted us to shut down. Sure see, I mean, they're yeah. Obfuscating because so it a helps. them political
3: win for them. Yeah.
2: So what does he do? He does what the twelve-year-old thing to get out of an exam. Mm-hmm. He pulls the fire alarm and says, "Oh, I thought that was a button to open the door, dude. It said fire. You you've been enough buildings. And I think the guy was a damn teacher. Yeah." so he knows what that was but then they make excuses and everybody goes oh he was he panicked he didn't know he was trying to get out the door he didn't press the door that set the alarm off he turned and grabbed the fire alarm like you do when you're trying to avoid having to take an exam in high school uh a cheap move and the media tries to either ignore it or explain it but this is your democrat party today ladies and gentlemen it really
3: is All right, we're going to take a short break and uh, before we go to break Well, I'll say when we come back from break, we're going to knock it up to uh, when we come back, we'll be actually at Pulaski Motorsports Park. We were up there on Sunday, and we spent some time with Smart Series race director David Hoots and the one, the only, the legendary Alan Joseph. Alan Joseph. will join the show when we come back from break. And then after that segment, Bill, we'll come back here to Emporia. Uh, talk a little bit about the races over the weekend, tie this episode up, and uh, look forward uh, more to uh, the weeks and months to come. Weeks, weeks and months to come on Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. We'll be right back.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Hi folks,
3: this is Hermie Sadler. Thanks for listening to our all new podcast, Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. I hope you are enjoying the show as much as Senator Stanley and I enjoy bringing it to you. Whether you're a family traveling together or a truck driver hauling freight up and down the highway, I hope you will take the time to visit one of our Sadler Travel Plaza locations in Virginia and North Carolina. Sadler Travel Plaza locations are licensed dealer locations for pilot travel centers. And we also carry Shell Motiva petroleum products for our four-wheel friends. We pride ourselves on providing one-stop shopping for service, food, and entertainment. Our food options include Five Guys Burgers and Fries, Quiznos, Dairy Queen, Hermie Sadler's Faux Show Bar and Grill, Victory Lane Restaurant, Hunt Brothers Pizza, Dunkin' Donuts, and much, much more. Our locations include Sadler Travel Plaza in South Hill, located off I-85 at exit 12. The Sadler Travel Plaza of Emporia which is conveniently located on exit 11B off I 95 and Sadler Travel Plaza on Highway 58 in Suffolk. We also have our North Carolina location, Sadler Travel Plaza in Dunn, North Carolina. That's exit 75 off I 95. We appreciate all of our customers, and Bill and I appreciate you listening to Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator powered by Pacematic.
2: Thank you. Hey, this is Bill Stanley, Hermes Sadler's sidekick on this podcast. When I'm not in Richmond at the Capitol or doing this podcast, my real job for the past 27 years is as a trial attorney with the Stanley Law Group. Here at the Stanley Law Group, we represent our clients in every courthouse in the Commonwealth. No problem is too small for us to solve. No case is too big for us to win. Whether it's criminal charges, traffic offenses, civil disputes, litigation matters of any sort, we handle it all. We make sure that we treat every client like family because they are to us your problem is our problem your success is our success because we hate to lose more than we love to win and believe me we win a lot don't believe me? Go ask Hermie. I'm his favorite lawyer, and he hates lawyers. So give us a call at 540-721-6028 and let us help you. Or visit our website at www.vastanleylawgroup.com. That's www.vastanleylawgroup.com. At the Stanley Law Group, we'll make sure we're the lawyers that you swear by and not at. And we're back. I'm Virginia State Senator
3: Bill Stanley. I'm still leaning right. I'm Hermie Sadler. Turning left from... Now, what's the official name of this place? It was used to be Pulaski back in the day. Then it was Motor Mile. And Chris, what is the actual official wording of the facility now? Pulaski Motorsports Park. 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 Okay. Yeah. It's a beautiful drive in here and a beautiful facility.
2: We're here for the Smart Series race. It is Sunday. A Sunday afternoon race after the North Wilkesboro race on Saturday. I'm Bill Stanley. I'm with my buddy,
3: Hermes. And we are without
2: <laughs> Shep Moss. <laughs> Our fanny pack couldn't make it here because he had some honeydew lists.
3: Yeah, uh-huh. he's decided he wants to run the show, Chris, but he wants to do it from a remote location. Well, uh, he needs to be a little bit more topic-oriented. Yeah. He wanted to call in. But. So here's what we got. We got a guy at Shep Moss that started off just being a, an occasional guest. And now he wants to be in charge of production, and now he do not want to have to travel. So,
4: Right.
2: And I don't even know if my microphone's working, so uh, we've got a special guest. we got two special guests here at Smart Series Race. Why don't you introduce them, Herman?
3: Well, I don't care about Chris Williams. <laughs> exactly. he's, he's He's been on, and people don't want to hear from him. But people are interested uh, in hearing from the race director, David Hughes. We can finally get some of these answers to some of these questions, Bill, about... Uh, what goes on uh, on the racetrack but uh, David Hoots uh, all joking aside and I told Chris this and told Bill this in my opinion one of the best decisions the best move the Smart Tour has made has been bringing someone like you with your experience into the uh, series calling the races so you're a handful of races are so in and your job duties with the smart series and uh, how do you think things have gone so far and where do we need to uh, improve on to continue to grow this series
5: well first off thank you uh, for those kind words and uh, and I want to congratulate y'all for having this nice weather instead of what we dealt with at South Boston and and dominion with the weather uh, it's just a beautiful fall afternoon here um going back to modified racing i grew up on it um if if you'd say i would have a passion about something it would be and it's it's deep rooted back to younger years um as far as the specific topics um just looking to get consistency to what we're doing i've never met a competitor or a team that that can't handle that um, and working through some of the, the uh, nuances of our pit stop procedures um, trying to be economically smart for the teams due to travel creates um, some challenges for us and we're working through that and then the competition on racetrack that's that's not the problem. Take care
3: it, of yourself, isn't it? Yeah. yeah
5: it, it's um, more or less a little bit of organization, a little bit uh, of timing and stuff like that. It's that, that, very easily to overcome. But um, uh, I think the the kind of mid-season interlude, if you will, doesn't help the consistency because you, you get a good rhythm. And then we take a couple of weeks off, and and it's it's hard to retain that. So, yeah, Chris, not 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 hard things, but simple things. I'm trying to be a great partner in the world of racing,
4: working with the tracks, working with sanctionings, and everything else. I'm you know, you know Bowman Gray's right in the middle of all that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, well, okay. Well, say what you want. Yeah. It's 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 a cult over there going in that
5: direction. (laughs) Y'all be nice now. I grew up two miles from the place. (laughs) David, you
3: you come from at least the, the time that I got to know you the best, working for NASCAR and NASCAR's top series. Now you're back. I would call this still a growing, but a grassroots series that is being revitalized that we can we are all want to see this tour grow, and how, how is your role different in the Smart Series than it was with NASCAR when you had instead of say one boss and Chris Williams, you had multiple bosses and and eyeballs on you when you were calling the Cup races and such. Well, at-
5: the one it's it's naturally it's more complex uh, due to the number of pit stops, which is probably the biggest difference in the two, um, and all the all the ways to try to maintain a level playing field in either either the top level or, or this level, maintaining a level playing field, but also using the resources you have. You, you're not limited in the top levels of type of resources. There is a there is a cap at, at uh, grassroots racing that, that you have to keep in mind, as well as this is where the blue-collar fans are still clamoring to come out to the racetrack so but the the complexity of what you're doing and and let's face it at that level it's a business every team is operating as it's a business and this is still part of the beauty of of grassroots racing it's it it's at the fun level it's it's at the fun level so and i think that's important for anybody that that sponsoring or being involved in it.
2: Now, Hoots, you've been, you know, race control for NASCAR, so you've seen some of the greats. You've told them when they've done great. You've told them when they've done wrong. Um, but you're sitting right across from a guy, Hermie Sadler, and, and Hoots, I thought your first name was Because that's what you say <laughs> But
6: you have any <laughs>
5: memories? <laughs> Well, it, it
3: he, feels like <laughs> since, he feels like since he feels like Shep is not here, he needs to throw in some extra uh, yes, f bombs, you know. Yeah. To uh,
5: it, it, it it was well. It's it was funny. My mom made me David, but it seemed like I had a lot of uh, <laughs> letters in front of my name um, at many times. Um, I I do remember uh, distinctly at Dover uh, when we were. Using pit road speed, and I proceeded to—I won't embarrass the gentleman, but um, he has a history and <laughs> no, modified. No, 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 no. You know, I may—I may have to visit with him, and uh, he's got a whole family of of um, kinfolk. But <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we we kept black flagging him for speed, and I was called a lot of a lot of warm, heartfelt names. German. <laughs> no, 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 went, no, this this wasn't Hermie. <laughs> yeah. um, my, my my problem was in Charlotte. I'll tell you about it in a second. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, and we're going we're going to use Hermie's memory a little bit more than mine cuz I mine's so old and whatever. I you know I called the first chariot race over at the Roman Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> but um that was like we disqualified the guy with a wooden wheel. So um yeah. the um, Richard Hall was the owner. <laughs> <laughs> but the um the Tuesday, we got a phone call from the team. Hey, our tack was off about 500 RPMs. Y'all were right. But I never got an apology note. So well, you. It, what what happened at Charlotte? I'm sure. Well, well, the last cup
3: race that I ran at Charlotte and I when I ran this race of uh, the 600, I hadn't run a cup race at Charlotte in years. I had been doing TV kind of out of it. I'd run a few Xfinity races, you know, for the lottery. But I ended up putting a deal together with bob jenkins and we had a we, we put a deal together we had the susan g coleman oh yeah foundation on the that. car, the prettiest pink car charity car that anybody's ever seen and so as we're going out to start the race you know charlotte's a long weekend long day to wait to race we come around and i thought about it. by the time we came we got the one to go i said you know what I haven't done a green flag pit stop in Charlotte in probably 10 years. And I didn't practice it, didn't think about it. We will steal help. It was one of those things. We would steal lettering letter in the car yeah. while people are going through tech. is one of those things. But I think that night in the uh, Coca-Cola 600, I got tagged by Mr. Hoots <laughs> for speeding coming on pit road. I think... And I have to look either four or five times in a row. Good Lord. In a row consecutively. I was already having a hard time keeping up. I couldn't even keep up with them on the pace lap.
5: So that, that was another time my name got changed, right? <laughs> the fastest lap
4: was in the pits.
3: Yeah, my fastest lap. I said, I'm like, who's, how are you ever going to expect me to pass anybody? And you would think. <laughs> A, a, a person is nice and kind and sweet and benevolent they would look as I am and, and with Susan G. Coleman yeah, on the call. Yeah, yeah. I'm three laps down before we even get to the green flag. <laughs> and I got nabbed. For, so by the time I finally get to put gas in my car, you know, I'm 10, 12 laps down. But you would think with a charitable element like I had that you would you could let let a brother slide one
5: time well I mean I I, I help a brother out but um I, I and I did. forgot the number of the car but I could just hear post the so and so
3: too fast <laughs> entering I'm like so then the fifth time you know I slow
4: down so you know you see it from that end and yeah. you're shaking your head like god how slow can I go yeah what was your response every time you see him come up and a red light comes on? At some point,
5: he's going to learn. <laughs> and I was, I was just hoping that maybe you'd take it out of fourth gear and bring it back to third. You'd yeah, need, you'd yeah. be all because, yeah. it, it, like you said, it was a great organization. You was
4: assuming too much. Yeah.
5: Well, you know what happens when we all assume. Right.
3: But you know, it's just not one thing. You know, it, but my swear word, I can't what that answer. Pit stops getting into the conversation are certainly super important at the Cup Series level but here in the Smart Series we really important you know we've got sometimes controlled pit stops I think uh, today we've got live pit stops how does that change your job when it's when it's when when it's kind of a free for all when you've got some teams and crew members that don't have quite as much experience as others how does it change what you look at on
5: that well it's the first time I experienced the controlled pit stop it's like shocker it it You hadn't thought through completely of how you attained the data to create the lineup. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a very good point. Um, you just, you know, and and until you hear all the procedure. Okay, this is good. This is good. Oh, this right here, this can trip us up. And until you see it one time, you you have to kind of go through a learning curve. And and we did. And we've learned on it. We're still learning on it. Um, even even in today's drivers' meeting, we we told the competitors, hey, we didn't put our best foot forward, yeah, we Does, screwed it, up. and and yeah. not try to deny it because it was the the other side of it. It could have been something that was correctable at the time, but but truth of the matter is, we didn't know the error was made to after the race. And At that point, there's nothing you can do about it. But you, you're Believe it or not, after seeing probably too many races in my life, uh, you're still learning.
3: Tell us, if you can, if you have a story, who is one driver in the Cup Series that we would all know that if you ever had a contentious moment with... Or anybody that you had more than one That's every driver. (laughs) From nineteen And (laughs) while I'm asking questions, why did Rusty Wallace sit on the front row of every driver's meeting and always ask a question to hold us in the driver's meeting five more minutes?
5: I think it was retention. <laughs> Maybe so lack could keep it.
3: Y'all could have gone through, David, and covered every possible scenario for anything that could have happened at any time. And when y'all said, anybody got any questions, Rusty always sat on the front row and threw that hand up. And we we're all going like, oh, my. Well,
5: the other part of that, Hermione, I mean, you, you can know it. Later on, Rusty's crew chief was Robin Pepper Right. Robin switches he comes over to the dark side at NASCAR and he works with and I so you're the one who's putting him up to all these questions, <laughs> isn't that true? Though uh, he yeah. asked a question at every drivers' meeting, mm-hmm. and 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 honestly, you'd rather the asked and not know than to walk in. But you know, he knew to answer to most of them questions. He did. <laughs> well, sometimes, now, oh, we sometimes, could, sometimes we could probably pertinent. all <laughs> yeah we, we could probably all put a dollar or two down <laughs> just for fun and see where we shook out.
4: Yeah. Um, Hoots, you got three minutes. Yeah, I got so three minutes, got go back so he's going to come back. But yeah, he's we're qualifying, okay. and he is prompt. So wait, now,
3: so. you can't hold him up like you no. do other <laughs> Now, this, this ain't is, another question. This is a hard shot. two and a half
5: minutes. <laughs> now, hold it. Now, you're, you're using all this knowledge you've gained to send it. You're trying to paint me in the corner, and I'm just <laughs> sidestepping. <laughs> Very well. <my> <laughs> we we Don't we, do you sit down and exchange.
3: You may Bob go me. get Alan Joseph to talk to us while uh, yeah, yeah. David goes to the booth? i will be back in a minute. Yeah,
4: yeah, I'll be back. Yeah, he'll be back. More stories more questions. Hey, just so come on just, back. Hey, just go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen,
3: no, y'all, y'all keep it going.
2: Got Hermie Sadler going out to get us another guest here, in, in, <laughs> get and get us another guest. There.
4: Just pick anybody. He did this at the
2: last race. Yeah, he did this at the last race actually.
4: Get the security guy. That's the one we want to talk to. Yeah,
2: actually he wants to meet Bobby Labonte. So so we're sitting here. Uh, you know, it's finally finally Chris Williams, a director, owner of the smart series, you got a you got a day that it's not raining, so you've actually got actually some semblance of I tell you what,
4: baby. a race that's gonna happen it's, today. Well I mean we've been talking been a, a while. lot. Well, we've been talking to a lot of the tracks and you know this weather pattern this year has been rain every weekend for you know sixteen out of twenty four weeks. Right. I mean it's the craziest thing. And some get them in because it showers, but some are rainouts like Dominion and Lonesome Pine. We we even had Lonesome Pine twice where we had a, a, a ice out. And so I mean, and, and the problem is with us is if we don't race it on Saturday, our 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 Policy is to race it on Sunday, but when you have you know weekends like we had two of the last three weekends and it rains both days, you know, and you can't make it up because there's no open dates, right? Um, you know, in our racing, you know, we got the North South Shootout, we got some other races coming up that you just can't just put them in. But I told the guys we're gonna get these four in no matter what. Yeah. We're, we're we're not well, and not going to. to race. You got to, yeah.
2: And uh, but it's got- pretty exciting. And we we had North Wilkesboro last night. Yes, we were doing pretty well until uh, Bobby got run over. At North Wilkesboro, and and then uh, I think uh, Ryan
4: Newman was uh, in the lead for a while, and then all of a sudden, uh, well, Ryan told me today that I, I didn't know what was going on, and he said that his radio went bad. Yeah. And, and, he and, said, and he said he couldn't communicate because when they changed the tires, he needed a small adjustment, and he couldn't make it. And he said he knew with the change he had to make that secondary adjustment, and he said he just basically took himself, because he couldn't communicate, he took himself out of the race, which until he explained it, I didn't know what happened. That, and so it was you know a, a lot better explanation. Man.
2: Well, we got a. Uh, actually, I don't know if that mic is dead or not. For some reason, it's not coming through the microphone. So I'm going to hand this over. We have the guy that we we mention almost every podcast. We talk about our hero, uh, Alan Joseph, and we talk about how rich Alan Joseph is. And we actually have the one podcast that will never see the light of day. Um, we recorded it with, with Alan one time. We had a, a legal meeting and skill game. She's involved, of course, with Paysomatic and Queen of Virginia. And, uh, and it, it's like this uh, it's this rebel-type uh, podcast that has never seen the light of day except with the people in Paysomatic. But, ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the guy that can run over himself with his own car, but I heard it wasn't a Tahoe. I heard it was an Escalade. Put your hands together for Alan Joseph. What do you say? Alan. Good afternoon, guys. What's up? Boy, that was a big opening there for you, huh? Yeah. Good. Hey. So, you, you flew in on the private plane, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Just to uh, see you guys. I mean, that means a lot to us because we miss you. We love you. You're, you're probably our favorite guy so in the Pacematic family.
3: The, we're uh, so happy and thankful that Alan and um, Mr. and Mrs. Pace and Gina, a lot of representatives from Pacematic, uh, I turned the volume up. So. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. God, I miss Moss.
4: Ship, they miss you.
3: You guys flew up today to, to watch the race. And of course, uh, you're a, a part of the Pacematic family. You guys not only sponsor our cars, but uh, sponsor the series. And oh, oh, a big reason why, here on this beautiful Sunday afternoon, uh, here in this part of the state, we're going to have some great short track racing today. So appreciate you guys making the trip.
7: We're honored to be here. It's our third year in a row. Um, it's grown a lot in the last three years and hope it grows a lot more.
3: So a couple of weeks ago we were up at Wintergreen at Senator Stanley's condo. We were, as you well know, we're going back to court uh, in December to continue to fight for the rights of small businesses against the out-of-state special interests in the casinos. It's an ongoing battle that you know a lot about. You fight it every day too at work. But at some point during the meeting, uh, Paul Golding was there and it wasn't me, but Bill asked Paul Golding, What is Alan Joseph's job? And Paul said, Well, I'm not real sure. <laughs> and so I want to give you an opportunity because you have been the topic of conversation a lot. A number podcast of podcasts. A number of times. Mm-hmm. Could, can, could you eloquently explain to the people that listen what your position and job is at Pacematic?
7: Well, as Paul said the other day, nobody really knows. <laughs> and you like it that way? <laughs> I kind of like it that way. I, I want one of those damn jobs. <laughs> I did hear that, you know, I was Michael Pace's handler. I heard that the other day. Handler? Reddit. Handler. You all said in the podcast. Yeah. Like a snake handler, but but he's snake a nice handler. guy. The same time you picked him up. He's a great guy. Okay. Right? Um, I stay very busy.
2: Like right. what? Now, put the microphone close to your mouth because it can't understand you anyway. So, well, at least we can put it in into the microphone and we can record it. But, but... I thought I thought I saw something on a card said you're like director of accelerator or something velocity sir Well, same thing accelerator velocity. What's the difference? Both both go fast velocity? velocity Yes, sir
7: Really the speed of the play of the game huh. More So games how do
2: you direct velocity then for the pacematic skill games? I mean, what what is velocity? What is your job in velocity? How do we how does that matter to the to the greater good of pacematic and Queen of Virginia
7: the accountability of software for the games? Okay, what does that mean? When the money's put in, yeah, our bookkeeping system um, accelerates velocity, accelerates and lets us know the speed of the play, the rate of the play, and the churn of the money. Okay, and that's good for the player, right? I mean, that's it's good for the player. Yeah, we're also able to show it, in that process how skillful the game is and the amount of money, the, amount of money the player gets back.
2: So you sound like very important witness that we need to bring to our next trial here in December for you, Herm. Uh, go ahead.
3: We, we try a lot on this podcast to constantly remind and explain games of chance for all intents and purposes. You put your money in, you hit a button, or pull a lever, and you hope. The skill games, the legally operated skill games that, that my companies operate in our stores and that PaySomatic uh, builds the software and such for um, we have proven so far that the skill of the player predominantly determines the outcome. So, tell us what you can to those uh, that are that listen to our podcast regularly. How is it different to sit down and play a paceomatic game versus sit down and playing a traditional uh, game of chance or a VGT or whatever the case may be? Because the other side that's fighting against us, they do their best to try to create confusion. So. You're in the weeds more than most on these games, so uh, if, if somebody sat down to play one of pace game, how would it be different than a traditional flop?
7: Well, a skillful player can win every time they play the game if they have the patience and watch the game and play through the game. Or in a VGT, you hit the button and it goes. Um, we have a lot of players that will record. You walk in some of these truck stops and convenience stores, they record the game so they can watch how the, dot, the dots on the Simon says and that helps them skillfully win the game.
3: They re- actually record the game. Record the game while it's being played.
7: They record the game, and on the Simon Says where the nine squares, the nine dots that you got to go through. A lot of people will write those numbers down so they can win. Wow! So they they can win every dime they put in.
3: Another thing you can speak to probably more so than that, because you're probably like me, not a understand how the games work, but not an expert at the game. But you can speak to because I know with our company. You deal with us on a, on a daily, if not weekly basis, and I know you deal with a lot of other small business operators uh, across many states, but certainly here in Southside Virginia, especially while we've been able to operate our games legally under our injunction that we've uh, gained in court. How important has the continued operation of legally operated skill games, how important has it been to the small business industries here in Virginia?
7: There are so many small businesses that have been Out of business well before now, without that supplemental income they're getting Um, from air, they're getting air conditioners fixed, health insurance for the employees, um, roofs put on their their bars, restaurants, taverns. um, It's very helpful.
3: Why do you think that? Let's just say the other side, and by that I mean casino investors. um, But more importantly than that you and I have for three years and our team tried to have communications with the legislature in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And how many times have we sat down at the bar or at a restaurant or in the Pocahontas building or somewhere along the line and felt like we were finally making headway with legislators in Virginia, thinking that, you know, all we want them to do is to come to the table and figure out and work out a, like we've had in the past and offered to do dozens of times, have our games properly regulated, properly taxed, running and legally, you know, in some of these small businesses, convenience stores, truck stops, restaurants, and bars, we stay in our lane, casinos stay in their lane. It's plenty of business for everybody. Um, but it seems like every time, in fact, they tell us sometimes we are on your side. We agree that there should be a level playing field and there should be fair government and equal opportunity. But when it's come time to vote and when it's come time to actually put past legislation, for instance, to kill Gore bill that was brought up uh, last session, they haven't, we haven't been able to get them to, uh, to come to the table to to do the right thing uh, for the small businesses yet. Why do you think that is?
7: They all seem to be on our side when it's a one-on-one conversation, but when they get back to the big room with everybody, their casino people, I believe, breathe down their necks and um, tell them we're bad people, the games are bad for the industry, bad for the people, um, but I've never seen our, our clientele is different than what you're going to see at a casino. Uh, our people come to these small businesses to enjoy what they want to do. If they, they want to go to casino, they go to a casino. But they choose to go to our place of business because in our our games, the way they are, they have a much better chance to win than they do in a casino.
3: And people with pacematic
7: because I've been in a lot of these meetings with people,
3: are not the enemies of the casinos. pacematic is not in the skill game industry. Is not an enemy. We're not targeting casinos, even though casinos in some cases are targeting skill games. We're saying, hey, we respect what y'all have and what y'all are doing. What we're doing is different. Help us get properly taxed and regulated. Y'all do your thing, and then let's put our resources together and try to get rid of what is the real enemy of everybody, and that's the people that operate illegally, VGTs, games of chance, even illegally operate some versions of skill games in, in places that are not covered by our injunction. I mean, we want to get everything cleaned up so we can all um, do business. What do you think it's going to take outside of our lawsuit? We're going back to court in December. What do you think it's going to take to get
7: that industry to finally realize that we are not the enemy? It's a real good question because during regulation, and they said it in your trial a few years ago, we gave the state $140 million in revenue, didn't miss a beat. They didn't have to collect any money. And... They turned a blind eye because they were bad people, bad actors. Um, but in fact, we did what we say we we're going to do. The skill game people do what they say they're going to do.
3: And, and going back to your point, when we were initially told on July 1, a couple of years ago, when the banning was signed, before we got the COVID period, everybody obeyed what the law was and unplugged their games.
7: Correct. The people that do it legally. And we had your games unplugged in your truck stop from july 1st until december 6th, 6th. is yep. about six o'clock at night yeah after the injunction we went over and turned the games back on.
3: do you think we'll
7: ever get everybody
3: meaning the general assembly and the casinos and all the lobbyists and investors get everybody in a room uh together and and hammer out a way that we can all uh, do business without infringing on each other
7: it's a real good question because the numbers don't lie. The casino numbers are going up. The skill game numbers are, are still there. The lottery numbers having record sales, but we're still bad people. We're taking people's money. So, according to them. According to them, but. But they are too. Very true.
2: But see, you know what I see in skill games is with these casinos and rosies and and those things. From what I've seen, you've got a lot of people in lower incomes playing them a lot more. What I see like in in Hermes Truck Stop, you've got truckers, overland truckers. Uh, Owner operators, you know, guys that that have their own businesses, want some time to relax. They're they're right there at the skill game. They're playing. They're enjoying themselves. Uh, I see that you know as as even a help. And I've I've had convenience store owners and people that work there say that it's safer. They feel safer because they know the regulars that come in and play the game that know how to play the game, and they know that there's no riffraff
7: that's gonna come in there, and they, they feel like there's no trouble that's gonna come in the convenience store late at night when somebody's playing the game. Yeah, these drivers have to be off the road a certain amount of hours, and you're, we're giving them a place to be, place is safe, place I gotta be entertained, and they're not gonna to go to, you've never seen a semi truck stop, semi truck in front of a casino.
3: And I've, you know, I tried to have done everything, tried to explain everything that we've been doing with this lawsuit and try to put it in, quote unquote, like layman's terms. Because to me, it's bigger than casinos. It's bigger than skill games. It's about our Constitution. It's about level playing field, you said it a few minutes ago, and fair government. So right now, as I'm talking to you, you know this, last Monday, well, tomorrow will be a week ago, Rosie's opened up in Emporia. You've been to Emporia many, many times. So they've got Rosie's, which is about 50 feet from what we call a Market Drive Slip-in, and less than a mile... From Sadler Travel Plaza that we've worked with you on games for as long as I can remember. The government if they get their way and the casinos get their way and if Rosie's gets their way they're going to be telling people not only in Emporia but people that travel the Interstate 95 and 58 they're going to say you can't go to Hermes Market Drive slip in and and play skill games and you can't go to Sadler Travel Plaza and play skill games. You have to go to Rosie's to play the games, and when it comes to constitutional rights and the in the free market system, to me, and I've tried to explain to people, that's just not the way we're supposed to live in the United States of America, and certainly not in Virginia. The free market normally handles all that. Are those similar issues that pacifmatic fights not only in Virginia but
7: in other states as well? It's globally. Every every place we go, it's the same fight. Um, always the bad people, the casinos are the people that are gonna take over. But again, in all the various states, the lottery number's up, the casino number's up. So that the people will have a choice. That's the big issue, I believe. You said even back in the beginning when you filed your lawsuit, people should have a choice and you wanna know why. And now I believe three years into it, we still don't know why.
3: What do you, um, what do you anticipate or what do you see in the next, because we go back to court in December, um, what do you see things, how do you see things playing out in our lawsuit, just from the position or the look-in that you have, and how could potentially, how things work out in Virginia, how could that affect y'all's uh, fights to, to, to be able to do business in other states as well?
7: I think the whole thing in Virginia, when it levels out, what Virginia's created is a little bit different anywhere else. Since they had no buddy out there policing this industry, this industry turned into a free-for-all for for everybody. There's machines on every street corner.
3: Which, to be clear, the Commonwealth of Virginia did that. Correct. PaySomatic didn't do that. No, no. And the legal skill game operators didn't do that. They took away oversight and at the same time that the good actors were having to shut their games down by an unconstitutional law that we've proven so far, the bad actors came in in that vacuum and Have saturated the market, and that's part of what I said a little while ago. We need to get together and get rid of the people that are doing it illegally and bringing a lot of bad publicity and confusion to a lot of people in the market in Virginia.
7: Correct, because even we had the 7,000 games that were taxed and regulated in the state of Virginia for a year period, there's an estimated 25,000, 30,000 more games in the state now that are not, one, they're not skill games, and two, um, they shouldn't be here.
3: Well, I'm going to give you one more opportunity to explain to Bill and I what your job is to pay some
7: Take
2: your time. Take time, son. Because we've got a couple other things we need to talk to you about. Do you, you want us to come back to that? Yeah, we'll
7: come, come back. back that. Come back. Okay.
2: Let me think and, and do you need an assistant or a deputy? Because this sounds like a job I need or want. We can hire you. Uh, I, I'm hired. I mean, I, I'll go get my resume. I'll write it out on a napkin, and I'll tell you exactly. what. I'll do whatever you need me to do. And uh, we're having some qualifying here. Actually, all the races are qualifying right now, or the race car drivers are qualifying for the uh, Smart Series race here at uh, Motor Mile or Pielaski Motorsports Park, whatever you want to call it. And we've got the people from Pacematic here, our primary sponsor, not only for our cars driven by Bobby Labonte and Ryan Newman, but also for the series, which has really made a big difference, not just for the series, but shows a dedication for Smart uh, to be coming into these small areas, rural areas where these games are played, these skills games are played you guys have planted a flag here in virginia and it really has made a difference because you're caring about the community you're not one of these vegas uh you know companies that comes in takes the money and sends it back out of state you're you're participating in a lot of the the local level issues helping small businesses uh and so it's really 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 important so we're going we're doing qualifying right now and you can keep us informed to see how we're doing when we qualify but you guys flew in today right Yep, you brought your uh, smoking hot wife, right? Yep. Heard she's mad at me for joking on the po- on the poodle mm-hmm. on last week's show, right? She, she wanted to clarify it was a golden doodle, not a poodle. Oh, it's a golden doodle, not a poodle. What's <laughs> the
3: go- What's the golden doodle's name? You know, look, we're doing good. Shep's wife is mad at me, right, for talking about Shep quitting, right? <laughs> and Alan's wife is mad at you because you mischaracterized their animal. We uh, so that makes it, and then our wives love
2: each other. That is to say, they love. My wife loves you, Herman. Hates me your wife loves me and hates you so this is like a perfect you know a perfect kind of a semblance of to,
3: we found uh, ourselves in the situations we do uh, I- indeed but uh, we're here now I w- you're in some ways today alan uh you know we're filling time as you can tell right now uh you're filling <laughs> in for Shet moss what is your uh-huh. overall impression of what you've seen and heard uh as you've gotten to know and listen to Shet moss on this podcast
7: is he on vacation again
2: Honey, <laughs> to Yeah, yeah. Wow. But I mean, he's at Lake Gaston, so he's really basically on vacation.
7: My only, my only bone to pick with ship, he appears to have more vacations than I do. <laughs> yeah, that's not yeah, yeah. He goes to more exotic places than I do. I, really? Can't I can't? And it seems like he has a lot of Miami music, vices, yeah. and I don't have any Miami. vices. Yeah, yeah. You you know a lot about Shep, don't you? I just now, I'm gonna tell to you. The podcast. I'm gonna
2: tell you. I was walking through the pits this morning, and uh, I was approached by four people down there who all listened to the podcast. One's an overland trucker. He's a really nice guy. I guess drives for Burt Myers. He said, "You got to tell Shep to get in a bigger strike zone or something." He told me, you know, I could barely. Hear but but everybody who comes up starts talking about Shep and he's banking on that and then Shep's not here. I so, thought he'd be here today. Yeah, and he
3: wants us to be more topical. He should be here. He should he be here. without being a part-time third wheel to just thinking he had earned a right without either one of us telling him They didn't earn the right to be a consistent or a permanent third member of the panel. Now he's not here, but he's told Bill, we need to be more topical. We need to have syllabus. We need to have all these things. He wants to take over the production of the podcast. And now he thinks, based on today, that when it's not convenient for him to be on the show, he can just call in. He'll be on the show,
2: yeah, and, and as a matter of fact, you know, Alan, this is kind of full circle here because uh, he was actually brought in to give you uh, crap when we recorded the podcast. as never seen the light of day. And so he was brought in as the smart ass and just kind of hung around, kind of like, you know, a, a bad cold, like long COVID. That's what he is. But uh, and speaking of that, though, you know, we, we've kidded about this and, and we said it on the podcast. And, and even it was most of the topic on the one that has never seen the light of day. But tell our listeners here exactly how you were able to run over yourself with your own
3: vehicle. It's a very exciting day. <laughs> OK, we got time. Set the scene. What time of day is this? Four thirty in the morning. Four thirty in the morning. Now were you you obviously getting in your vehicle. Were you just
7: getting home from a long night out or were you starting your day? I started my day. I was on my way to the gym. You now you do go to the gym every day. Yes, sir. Five o'clock every morning. Five o'clock every morning. Yeah. So I loaded my trash in the back of my car. What kind of car is it? It happened to be a Land Rover. Oh. Oh, I was I was even off. I went escalated, it was wrong. So it has a spin dial. I got out of my car, thought I had it in reverse. As I opened up the back door, I got out of the car, and the car preceded the door run me over, got the side of my back. I was able to get up, chase the car across the parking lot before it hit anything. Get get go forward. I believe I put the trash in the dumpster, and then I went to the gym. Did you put the with with the tire mark on the back of your shirt?
2: Correct? Tire mark at the back of my shirt. I walked into the trainer, <laughs> and he said, "What happened? because
7: I have blood coming down my nose." And I said, oh, "I'm taking out the trash. I'm here to work out." He proceeded to send me to the hospital. So at five o'clock in the morning. You try to call your wife to let her know what's happening, she didn't answer. Called some friends, they didn't answer. The only person to answered their phone at 5 o'clock in the morning was good old Paul Goldine. Mm. And he laughed at me. I sent him a picture, thought I was, was serious. I go to the hospital, this was during COVID. I walk into the hospital with blood one more time. Told them what I did. They take me off into the triage room, just like you'd see on TV. And I walk in there, they lay you down. There's all kinds of people. First thing they did do is give me a COVID test. Thank goodness I didn't have COVID, Um, and- You get run over by your own vehicle, and they want to test you for- And they jam a a Q-tip up your nose. So went through all that and it was shift change. So I'm hearing one nurse talk to a new nurse and say, hey, that guy back in room one, he ran over himself with the car. They laugh, they chuckle. They laugh. <laughs> they come back These and do- These are very s- high-end professionals at that hospital. They come back and do some more tests. And really, this is the, the weirdest part. A preacher comes in to talk to me. <laughs> I'm looking, looking at myself, I really am in pretty good shape, I think. No one's really told me what happened to myself. But he was the one to get to know me. They ran me through a bunch of tests and the only thing that happened was a broken nose. And I went out and got Did you go back to the gym? No, I went out, got my car, and drove home. And, um,
2: so a couple follow-ups. Well, wait, wait. What, did he was he asking that perhaps Satan had gotten into the electronics of your Land Rover and was possessing it, and he was going to go give it an exorcism or something? I mean, I'm not really what sure. was the what was the pastor, the preacher, the the priest doing there? I mean, was he giving you last rites? I, I was afraid of that, but I didn't know. I, I was breathing good, looking good. I thought. No, well, no. You know what it was. He was outside and the dark. Comes like you ain't going to believe this. There's this guy back there, ran over, he got run over by his own car. He ran himself over with his own car. And he's like, no. Way. God would never do that. Walked in, saw you, went back out and said, you're right. You're right.
3: Praise the Lord. A couple questions. Um, why wouldn't you just empty <laughs> the trash in, in, at, a, at home or in your driveway? So where were you dumping the trash at? And number two, do you still have the corporate vehicle?
7: Number one is the subdivision I live in if I leave my trash can out and I go out of town I travel a lot I get nasty letters from the subdivision what from the HOA HOA Homeowners Association so it's a constant fight with me and my wife because she tells me to put it out get yelled at I didn't want to get yelled at so I always either took it to work or behind the behind the nail salon there was a dumpster <laughs> is that your dumpster no that's the nail salon's dumpster so they permission from the nail salon did i did not oh. so was, it, was this a, a a comma
3: incident incident
7: probably was i always wanted to go get the video but they told me not to go ask for it
3: dang we could have used you that taking trash out in another business's dumpster that Probably has to pay for the trash removal of that. Correct. My wife does get her nails done there, so. Oh, so, okay. well, that's, oh that's there's a, an
2: offset. Yeah. How often? I mean, is she like, you know, a good customer? Be once a day. Not enough.
3: Oh, uh, okay. So, do you still have the, the vehicle that ran over you? I do. You still trust
7: I do? <laughs> I believe it's operator. No way they could be operator. No, no. It had to be the truck's fault. Most American cars, you put them in, re- you put it in park, door opens up. You put this one, you put in reverse, it still opens up. Shouldn't do that.
2: So you were in reverse when you got out of the car. You didn't know it. Right. Because of the dial. Right. Not like it's like we have on regular people's car, you know, <laughs> like the lever or the shifter. You have a dial. have a dial. And it was early in the morning, and you just didn't look down to see that you'd put the dial in P. Right. Yeah. And where the P looked like the, or the R looked like the P, right?
3: I just didn't spin it far enough. Hmm. Didn't spin it far enough. Uh, These are rich people problems, don't you think? One more serious note before we wrap up this uh, segment, we go, and we'll go mingle with the Pacematic folks now that they're here. You at least appear to be uh, a little bit of a race fan. So, how closely have you followed the Pacematic series and uh, the two Sadler Stanley Racing Pacematic open wheel modifiers driven by Bobby Labani and Ryan Newman? You seem to Want to know what's going on and where we're racing and what time things are? So, how much how much do you keep up with
7: the uh, with the racing? Follow it a lot. Um, when we're not here, we watch it on Flow Racing. Um, it's very. Uh, it's been very neat to, to watch this series and watch the series grow over the last three years, from where it was when we were here three years ago to where it is now. It differs the day and night, um, but we do watch every race we can on Flow Racing. Yeah, Flow Racing is great, and uh, I mean, and they're great with the with
2: mentioning the sponsor, paceomatic And um, I mean, every time you see, like last night was North Wilkesboro. You were watching that race, right? And that pacematic looks so good on the on the tail of the car, and when Bobby and Ryan were were you know right one you know one two three four right behind each other, um, you could see pacematic almost every lap, and that 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 really is important not just for the brand, but also for the series and and seriously, bringing awareness to, to the area and our and to our legislators even in Richmond about skill games and what pacematic is, that they are not video game uh, game terminals games of chance, that they do a lot for the. Uh, for the communities that they serve and the owner operators of those convenience stores that have those games in there and they have a place and and Hermie and I have fought hermie has been the, the guy that has stood for it and stood fast to to show that these games are protected under the First Amendment and that that quite frankly it's only fair and just that we have skill games whether they're made by pacematic or another company but bona fide skill games uh, to be allowed when we've we've entered the gaming industry we've allowed it to, to come here in Virginia so uh, we love pacematic we, we appreciate your all support. Uh, we came here. Remember, I think this is the first time we met was when Hermie got in the car here at uh, Mile Speedway. Uh, that's when we met. And that's when we kind of said, hey, you know, we, we were doing the, the race team and we were doing the, the podcast and you guys wanted to help out. So we're very, very grateful about that as well. Uh, but uh, it's great to see you, Alan. You're one of our favorite people, and most of the people that listen to this, all the many fans we have. You're a superstar, Alan. Don't they they're all, they're asking me all the time. They ask me about Shet Moss and Alan Joseph, and so now we finally got Alan Joseph on a recording that we'll probably publish. I don't think this is bad enough to, to keep it under wraps. Um, but we really appreciate you and your friendship too. You're our favorite pacematic guy. Don't don't tell Michael Pace or Carmen Pace that, or even Goldine or Gina, or, or or Joanna or any. We could go on and on but uh we love you man and and we really uh consider you I a good friend doesn't know what his job
3: title is but he knows his worth
2: <laughs> and he's got a tiki bar with a with a what was that Infinity infinity pool all those i all mean those things are not important now this guy knows his worth he works hard he enjoys life enjoys life he's got a smoking hot wife yeah he outkicked his coverage there and, and he's got that
7: that grin on his face the whole damn time, and he don't care, right? Yeah. I want to correct a couple of things. Uh oh. One, the first time we did meet was about four years ago. Oh, that's right. Walked into your office, talked about games, and you said, "I hate games." I hate this, I hate that, I hate this. But I fight for people's rights. That's right. And I want to thank you for all you the know, fighting you've done the last couple of years. You're very kind. Your heart is in it.
2: Have a serious moment. I, I was swearing at him too, I, I do believe. And your heart it, is you know, in it. Yeah, but. Me too. Uh, Yeah, and and thank you for your advocacy and and changing your mind. But, you know, with a best friend like Hermie Sadler, uh, I'll I'll go through a brick wall for him. But he and you and others articulated why this was not right, because I hated casino gambling. I mean, I've said this a hundred times here. I didn't want gambling in Virginia. I wasn't there. But if you're going to let it in, let the small business participate, and especially you guys who came in through the front door, not the back door, like they try to say with gray machines and gray games and and all that. So, you guys have been the honest brokers, where I thought, in my opinion, the guys on the other side in, in the Games of Chance have not been honest brokers. So, I appreciate that greatly. So, I'm sorry I swore at you the first time. It's probably like a, a Monday. And uh, and so, uh, you know, we, we really, really, really appreciate your advocacy, especially for doing what's right for small business owner in Virginia. And right now, it sounds like uh, our driver, Ryan Newman, is qualifying right now. He's doing a second lap. He's in the paceomatic thirty nine VA. Uh, but isn't that car pretty? The car's pretty. The car hollers pretty. Yeah. And uh and I get pictures all the time. People it's passing them and they're taking pictures of it. But that's a great billboard
3: advertising for
2: us. So how do we do?
3: Uh well it's not done yet. Ryan's just inside the top ten and uh, Bobby's yet to go yet so we want to do a, are we going to do a wrap
2: up after the race or how are we going to do that? yeah well I think what we'll do is try to come back and let's just try to do some interviews uh, we've done this a little segment we're going to come back to another segment um, you know we've done our opening and uh, we'll do it a couple other segments see who we can get on to talk to us maybe get Michael Pace if he's willing to come on And uh, let's go mingle with the folk and then maybe have Hoots back on for a close-up after qualifying and, and see where we go from there. Let's just make this the race for Motor Mile Speedway, a.k.a. Pulaski Motorsports Park, the Smart Series 99. We're in the hunt, the last four races. We got Alan Joseph, and it's not a poodle. It's a what? Golden Doodle. A labra poodle? Golden Doodle. A what Golden Doodle. Golden Doodle. What is that a combination of golden retriever? A golden retriever and a poodle. Okay. So so if you had a if you had a pit bull and uh, a poodle, mate, would that be a paboodle? Paboodle. Okay. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a break right now, but we're going to be right back. Stay tuned. Don't go away. Keep, uh, keep that podcast rolling. We'll be back with something
3: fun. We don't even know what it's going to be. Uh, I'm Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley. I'm leaning right. I'm Hermie Sadler, and I'm turning left. This is Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler in the Senator Powered by pace We'll be right back.
6: Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson with with SaveWithConrad.com. You've heard me bragging on the podcast for years about helping people save money on their current house. But did you know that I can help you with your next house as well? That's right. We can get you into your next house with zero down. No money down loan programs are still available. And I know it sounds too good to be true, but we can do it for you. And by the way, home ownership is more affordable than you might think. We routinely turn renters into homeowners, and we hear back that their new house payment is more affordable than what they were paying in rent. Why would you keep doing that? Stop throwing your money away, paying for someone else's mortgage, and start building wealth for your family. And let my family help at SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit to do this. We can improve credit scores down to the 500s. And it's worth mentioning, we never say no. We say not yet, but here's how. You need a game plan to buy a house, and that's where we come in at SaveWithConrad.com. We'll ask you, what down payment do you want to make? And zero is an acceptable answer. And what monthly payment do you want? And then it's time to go shopping. Find out how easy it is and how affordable it is to become a homeowner at SaveWithConrad.com.
2: We're back. So funny. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you and I before we Alan got on Joseph? Here, well, yeah, of course that was. I mean, that was a great thing. But Before we went back on, you and I had to you said you ready and I let out a burp and I said you ready and you let out a burp and I hit the play button and here we are. and you know, it's fun that you can be in your 50s and still laugh at gas. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, that's, I that's will being
3: always laugh at gas. And I'm with you, man. Yeah.
2: I I think it's one of the funniest things and and uh and I do it to my son and uh and I love the reaction he gets. So uh what a little great Haley, interview. little
3: Haley does it. she let out a little thing and she said, "I'm sorry, I'm stink." <laughs> <laughs>
2: it was me. Yeah, um, it was me. So, what do you think? I mean, that was uh, so that was pre-race. That interview yeah. we just did that yeah. you just heard in the second segment pre-race. You had Hoots, who is like a legend in NASCAR, at least yeah. from the tower. You had Chris Williams, there, the Smart Series director. But we had, for the first time, heard by all the man we talk about a lot, and we both like. I think he's one of my favorite people. I like from the pace. Is group, there
3: any way to do Alan like? You know, like on TV, when you got something on TV, like you're in a bar or something, they got the the the, the words coming across the bottom of what the people are saying. <laughs> oh, uh, yes, yes. Uh, the uh, what do they call that? The, yeah, uh, that. Yeah, subtitles. We need English subtitles. We need,
2: you know. Need that for Alan? Yeah, and you know he hold, he held the microphone like an ice cream cone. Yeah, like I was looking at him, I was thinking he was going to lick it. Yeah, you know, because it looked like an old person getting ready to eat an ice cream cone. Uh, but he was good, informative, funny. Yeah, and uh, and now you now you know why really, we like Alan Jones. I know we
3: give him a lot of grief, but really nice guy and passionate about small business. Yep, passionate about all the things we've been fighting for and but. Still don't have a clear understanding of what he does
2: for nope, a living. Nope, nope. And, and I want that job, like I said that in that segment. And, and you know, he really has a passion for not trying to get his wife to get pissed off at him because the HOA says he leaves his trash can out at the end of the driveway too long. And so that's what caused him to run over himself. And yet, as a trooper, what does he do? He gets back up and goes to the gym. Goes to the gym. And then he has to. He gets taken to the hospital, or he's told to go to the hospital, uh, where
3: I they probably have never you had a what? I case like to that ask? before. What? It appeared, you know, I, I don't know. Did the, <laughs> did the Range Rover run over him, his chest, or run over his back? His back, in fact. Because it said he broke his nose. And I was wondering how he did that if he was face up, but he was face down. Face
2: down. Because oh, yeah. if you look at the tire mark that was on the back of his shirt, because the picture was sent around by Paul Golding and others. It seemed like at an angle going across his back, yeah. if I remember that correctly. It was a white shirt. Uh, and uh, that'll teach you never to try to dump your trash I, at the uh, nail salon.
3: I remember you and I, because I was in Columbus, Georgia, and it was March, <laughs> you know, a long time ago, two years ago, and we were on a what was supposed to be a serious a uh, planning session conference call with members of the marketing team with Pace-O-Matic and Gina. For Sadler, for Sadler Stanley Racing. For Sadler Stanley Racing. Some, so Gina, who works for Pace, was on the call. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, you know, <laughs> logos and strategy yep. and this and that and the other. And Gina pops in and says, oh, no, uh, looks like. Oh, my God. Alan got run over. <laughs> Alan was in an accident. You you and I were, yeah, Alan was in an accident. He got run over. He was, didn't, she stay quiet? And we were very concerned. And then when she said that he's okay, then you, 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 you said, wait a minute. Yeah. We got to,
2: what happened? We got to know more. And then and, she said, uh, 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 he said, Alan ran over himself. Yeah. We're like, no, whoa. And so then she goes on to the next topic and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa,
3: We got to have more. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, <laughs> knowing Alan and knowing he was okay. Right. And knowing the circumstances, you and I just could not get it together. Yeah. And
2: I, the rest of the call <laughs> we ruined that call because yeah. you and i were making jokes all the way back and forth but the funny thing about that interview is that the pastor the preacher the priest whatever it was came in not maybe to give him last rites or just to go you know the doctor said you wouldn't believe it there's a guy back there that ran over himself with a car and the preacher priest like nah that can never happen so he walked in to take a look and go, Well, heck yeah there was look at him so funny story hilarious, and a good guy. Yeah. And so that was fun. And then, you know, that was a great start to our day. We we're sitting up in the suite, interviewing him. Pace brought a hundred and some odd people there.
3: We uh, had a suite had, full of people. Oh, and, yeah.
2: and Michael Pace was there, and Carmen Pace, who yeah. we love. Sweet people. We think they're amazing people, and what he does is really an amazing thing. You would think a, a, a guy as successful as him and runs a big company like him and invented skill games, basically, would be put on airs or be haughty something. Not though, at all.
3: One of the things... As I've been involved in this battle for three years for the constitutional rights of small businesses, one of the things that I have constantly had thrown in my face is that people within the skill game industry are just bad people. Yeah. And I wish the Janet Howells of the world, the Tommy Normans of the world, (coughs) all these people would have an... I know everybody has agendas and they got reasons for this, but... There's not, a, and you know this too, there's not a person in America that could sit down at a table with Michael and Carmen Pace for 20 minutes and have a conversation and think for a second, anything other than these are a couple of the sweetest, kindest, salt of the benevolent, earth. Mm-hmm. charitable people yeah. that I've ever been around. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and it's reflected in also the loyalty, loyalty that they have for the uh, for the people that work for him, and in return, yep. the people that work for them have for them, and he's an everyday guy, and she's um, the sweetest, most wonderful. They love, you know, animal rescue, something near and dear to my heart, but they talk to every single person the same, whether they're of high stature or low stature, and they treat everybody equally, and that's, you know, that's another reason why you, you, you feel good about fighting, is because the people behind this aren't the greedy, you know, things that we know to be true when it comes to in my opinion uh the casinos and and the operators there these are people that are trying to help small business and it shows and they had a bunch of small business operators yeah. that have skill games in their records truck gave the command to start
3: trucks. engines one of them yep. dropped the green flag and, and by, by the way
2: and they were just as sweet as could be to them showing them a great time at a great race well not so great race.
3: everything went well actually until the green flag failed. <laughs> yeah so so
2: you know we had a big weekend uh, we had uh the return to wilkesboro where we'd won the year before we had yeah. talked about that in prior podcasts everybody go through our library catch up to the ones you haven't read uh, read haven't listened to um we have a, an incredible library of over 60 some odd episodes we interview you know people in politics people in wrestling people in racing your friends my friends uh, I- I- interesting stuff funny stuff a lot uh, but you know we've talked about especially when we went back to wilkesboro we ran the number 39 car with ryan newman who now has become one of our regular drivers and we won this historic race so this was on saturday night a return to racing of the modifieds it was the wheel nascar modified tour uh, right there at north wilkesboro uh, we didn't go I, I actually went my kids and my wife to uh, motor mile speedway Pulaski speedway we parked the rv in the back and um, and we watched it outdoor and had the best time ever. We were basically by ourselves at the track. We were walked around the track. We, yeah. we went up on the flag stand and hit the buttons and turned on the yellows and the reds and the green lights flashing. And, and Chandler had a big time. One of the best nights I think I've had with my family with the RV. Yeah. Made it there safely. And
3: finally, a positive camping experience for <laughs> Senator Stanley. You know, and here's my buddy, Hermy
2: Sadler. Who, the only thing he texts me when he knows I'm driving out there is, you still having a white knuckle experience with that RV? And uh, everything was fine. It was fun to drive. Had a great night. Watched the Wilkesboro uh, race on TV like you did. You weren't there either, right?
3: Yeah. My wife had a... Catering event for a wedding and actually a dear friend of mine who you also know very well, Brian Porch, who's Love been a EP. 20 plus year, I mean a lifelong friend, but a 20 plus year very loyal employee, a, a coworker at Sadler Brothers Oil Company. Uh, his oldest daughter, Sarah, got married and they got married at the barn behind my brother's Bird house. Was a
2: beautiful wedding.
3: A beautiful wedding. And, and Angie catered that. So I needed to be there for that, which I'm glad Angie's I was. She's always working. She's yeah. always
2: got something going on. Yeah. Whether it's this restaurant, UPS store, uh, catering—I mean, she does it all, doesn't she? She's an amazing he's woman. Got she it really going is. on. So, so let's talk about the race. What do you think about Wilkesboro? You—you've been asking me questions about politics. Yeah, yeah. I want to. talk Well, to you I about think that. Uh,
3: I think North Wilkesboro. We were in position to win with Ryan Newman. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Bobby Labonte got involved in the wreck. Yep. Um, it's just kind of—he's got a little bit of a—he's been snake bit here in, in recent weeks. And uh, hadn't been able to get the finishes he deserves, and the same thing happened at Wilkes-Barre and certainly Sunday at uh, at, uh, at at Pulaski. But Ryan Newman, you know, I was helping Angie at the, at the event, and we had the wedding reception going on. But I turned the uh, Flow Racing on on my phone with about fifty laps to go, and Ryan Newman was in the lead. Yeah, he, uh, he had passed Matt Hirschman, taking the lead. One of the best modified, drivers and it looked in like the we were in. A uh, good position to win two in a row at North Wilkesburg with Ryan Newman, and racing luck just didn't go our way. There was several cautions coming down the stretch. Um, Ryan got shuffled into the wrong line of a restart a couple times, and you go from running first. Or first thing I will say that happened that that uh, caused this. Um, domino effect of bad things is we lost a couple spots on pit road yeah and that's something at that level of racing in you know, the wheeling tour you know there's multiple pit stops multiple tires and you know we came in first came out fourth uh, on a pit stop and you just can't have that mm. uh, but that being said we, you know we uh ryan you know you always trust in him to be able to you know, get the most out of the car and get back out front.
2: He drives the wheels off those Yeah, times. I mean, he he, uh, he
3: wanted to win two in a row at North Wilkesboro. But ultimately, especially the last restart, uh, he uh, had restarted on the outside and got got kind of uh, boxed in behind the outside line that didn't go as good as the inside line. And he just lost a couple spots. He ended up finishing six. Uh still a, still a good day's work. Uh, but didn't the, we have a radio problem too, though? I mean... Ryan could hear them, but they couldn't hear Ryan. Yeah, yeah, they had a communication problem with the radios. It's just one of those things. It seems like when, when, when little things are not going your way, they uh, they go bad at the wrong times. And you know, Ryan told us that had he been in contact with you know with the team, he wanted an adjustment made for that last restart with the tires that were put on, and they weren't able to communicate that. Uh, properly, so they didn't make the proper adjustments. Or the adjustments, that's, that's not to say that we definitely would have won the race, but certainly Ryan has the kind of experience that, you know, if you give him what he wants nine times out of ten, it's going to make a difference in the performance. But ultimately the wrong wrong, oh, wow. uh, wrong line of a restart and uh, the outside line didn't go quite as good and he got boxed in and uh, ended up finishing sixth was still, still not a good. bad day.
2: No, the P6 is great. I mean, especially with that, what, 30 some My wife cars? is looking at me. I Would you like to speak to me? Come that's, on over. That's
3: my client you're it's talking to. It's like Santa. To. Come on over, Angie. <laughs> that's you're my client a piece you're of talking paper. to. Today's you're not today. Uh-oh. You're not happy today? Okay. No. So you just want to stand over there and gawk at me? Is that gawking?
2: <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's finish this up. we got about four more minutes to go. Is that okay? And then we're done. Yeah. Let me just what to talk about. All right. All right, so let's skip over talking about our wives and go straight from Wilkesboro <laughs> to, um, uh, to the Pulaski. race at Mile, Pulaski yeah. County Motorsports Park. Um, we had, what, four cars now, so we had a, a set of cars for North Wilkesboro. One got wrecked with Bobby, which we hated. P6 is a good finish, and actually, Ryan Newman had a wreck, right? I mean, he got up, his wheel got up with the, NY, the 7NY, which is Tommy Baldwin's crew. Uh, which caused kind of a pile-up there at the start-finish line right at the last lap. But we still finished P6, and Ryan said we were good, but we could have been great. Yeah. And I, what I loved was the competitive spirit of Ryan Newman. I mean, he wants to win, and, and he thinks he can win, and he gets in a car and wants to win. So we got to, to Pulaski Sports Park. Uh, you heard how happy we were and, and really kind of thinking that we were going to have a really good day. We got two great drivers and two great cars, and all this is going on. And, um, ooh, you got a note in school, like, passed to you. So, uh, we get to uh, Pulaski County. Uh, we,
3: I, I thought, didn't uh, didn't Bobby Labonte have the fastest practice time? Hey, Bobby was P2 in practice. Okay. Ryan was P5 in practice. Okay. So Had good speed in practice. Really disappointing qualifying runs. We went from P2 and P5 to qualifying 15th and 16th uh, for the race, which is not an end to the day, but certainly was a, you know, to, to, to ask your drivers to pass all those race cars while at the same time taking care of your car and saving tires. Right. That's the important thing about starting up front is you get to better manage your race and the tires from starting up front. And when you start 15th, you know, and obviously to win the race, you've got to be first. Yeah. You're asking our drivers to really tax the car and the equipment to to make passes on the racetrack. But Ryan... Started, you know, round 15th, and by the 30-lap caution, he was up to third. So he was making some moves Bobby's car, car on his the his long runs. Was wasn't quite as good uh, as Ryan's, but after 30 laps, you know, we were – uh, at least with Ryan, we were in a position to have a chance to win again. Now during the race,
2: of course, I, well, I had the RV parked in turn three, and we we always like to camp out with the Labanis, and so we'd been talking to them. We had the Pacematic people there, our sponsors, primary sponsor, the people we were just talking about. They all came down, did the ride along. You were running that show, and then. Uh, We were running, my wife and my son, Colin, who did a really fine job, and Chandler was there, and Aaron Arnold from Camping World just sold me my RV. You met him. He's a great guy. He and his wife, Amanda, were there. And uh, we were doing the fan zone, giving out T-shirts, educating people on skill games up in the concourse level, uh, giving out cups, popcorn, the whole deal. You're down there entertaining. So we were pretty busy. Right before the race, and then of course we've qualified, and the wheels kind of fell off of our race team for that Sunday, didn't they? Let's let's talk about that. You, you, you tell yeah, we it, just had bad the race luck, team. you
3: know. We'll just take each car individually. Bobby, he had about a sixth or seventh place car. That's all he had all day. Uh, unfortunately, he ended up uh, cutting the tire and hitting the wall coming and he off hit it turn hard, two. Dude. It destroyed it hard the hit. car, and I know Bobby felt bad about it. But that car will need a front uh, and rear clip prior to us. Uh, getting that car ready to, to go back on track again, but not what we want. Ryan, I really felt like was in good good position. Uh, he had driven up to third um, to start the race and from 15th, so he passed more cars than anybody yeah. uh, to get up into that position. But, you know. Um, and wasn't, saw,
2: he, wasn't he leaking water, I, though? I saw
3: a problem yeah. brewing on about lap 20, and I pointed it out to you. I yes. said, look, uh, the 39 car is. Is puking out water at the back of the car. Which what, what does that mean to the regular guy? It typically means engine's overheating, mm-hmm. and that could be a number of things. It could be thermostat-type issue. It could be simply the engine's overheating. In this case, we know, we now know after the fact that uh, the engine blew a head gasket. Oh, So okay. uh, that has been diagnosed by our engine builder uh, since then, and that motor is undergoing our uh, rebuild as we speak. Uh, but head gasket, so the car started spitting water, which I knew starting at lap 20 that I was very doubtful that that there was enough water at the rate that that water was coming out, that there was going to be enough water, you know, in the engine and in the coolant system, you know, to run the whole
2: race. And you, and just as a side note, you and I are standing together. You and I watch the races differently. I'm more kind of entertainment, having a great time. You're very serious watching so many things. I don't like to bother you too much, but we're standing next to each other. And you said, hey, look, see, it's puking out water out the right-hand side. And it was it was coming down, coming yep. through turn three. So it must have been going all the way around track. Yep. And you leaned into me. The next time I went around, and said, our car is not going to make it to the finish line. I think there were six to eight laps to go, something like that. Yeah. He said, it ain't going to make it to the finish. Well, the very next lap, he yeah. pulled it off the track and yeah. it died.
3: Yeah, I saw a That's puff That's race for knowledge right there, buddy. I saw a puff of blue smoke out of the left-side uh, header pipe. And I've seen that smoke before, and I... I knew then. I said, I, I, we, we're, this, we're not going to make it. We're out of water. And then what happens then, you know, the temperature goes up, but then it goes back down because there's no water mm-hmm. for the temperature gauge to read the temperature right. anymore. And so temperature goes back down. Uh, but ultimately, uh, we cooked an engine in the 39 and crashed the 18. So it was a disappointing day performance-wise based on – you know what, our expectations are, but more so because we wanted to put on a good show for the yeah. people with Pacematic, but they still had a great time. Oh, yeah. And they understand. And
2: the, the, you know, the we'll, racetrack we'll, were great hosts. Yeah, so.
3: yeah. We'll move on and get ready. Uh, this weekend is Tri County.
2: And where is that located?
3: That's located in, uh, not too far from Hickory, North Carolina, so the western part of North Carolina. Uh, never been to that racetrack before, actually. Really? You never and raced it? Never raced there. Never, never raced, raced there. Never been there.
2: Okay. And that race is coming up this Saturday? Yep. And we're going to have Bobby Labonte, of course, our primary. Bobby and
3: Labonte and Jonathan Cash this so weekend. we're not going to have Ron Newman there. Not we're going to have weekend. Jonathan
2: Cash, who's a very exciting driver to watch. I mean, he's we love watching him. He's learning the car. He's we've he's had got him on this podcast. string of a
3: couple top fives in a row. Yeah.
2: We've had him on this podcast before. You can go find that in the library. Jonathan Cash, he's an exciting racer to watch along with Bobby Labonte. We really need a win for. But we Bobby. made
3: him sit through strike
2: zone gate. <laughs> Oh, that's right he was there for, for cranking the weed eater episode. oh i'm you <laughs> i gotta go i got things to do make sure you go see that or go see that go listen to that episode with shep Moss uh destroying the hopes and dreams of so many young baseball players uh when he was umpiring games and uh a very funny thing but if you got a chance go to Ace speedway see bobby labonte and jonathan cash run the sadler stanley racing team 18 and 39 uh, you won't be disappointed and i know we're going to put on a better show uh, there. We're Getting better, we're strengthening the team. We've got team meetings this week, uh, so we're really looking forward to finishing out this season strong together. Uh, it's a great series. The Southern Modified Auto Racing Teams uh, Smart Series is one you need to follow. And not only just this year, but next year, we're happy to have our sponsors back next year and our, hopefully our drivers as well. And so it's always a great product. It supports small businesses and short tracks and rural areas. Uh, so you really need to get into that racing. It's the best kind of racing. And even though the racing was really good at Talladega, I got one question for you is before we go out. Because you're the expert here and you've been on PRN and, and, and a Fox Sports Analyst. One of the best finishes I saw, and, and after, well, actually right when our race was still going on, I ran back to the... And Harvey. I didn't see it. Because you'd left. Yeah. <laughs> you'd had enough when Bobby crashed. Um, went inside, Kevin Harvick's bl- battling with Blaney. Um, Blaney beats him by 007 0.007 seconds. But today or yesterday, they disqualified Kevin Harvick for having a loose... Nuts on his windshield. And I'm not talking about Shep Moss's nuts. I'm talking about the, the fastener D's D's nuts. He had loose <laughs> D's nuts on the windshield. Yeah. Explain what that is and how did that give them an advantage or something? Cause yeah, I heard I, they're I, not even appealing. So he gets DQ'd. He goes from second to last.
3: Yeah. Um, I have not talked to Rodney Childers who's a, Rodney Childers is a friend of mine. Oh, but I haven't talked to him yet about this incident, but I did see he put a social media post up that basically said, you know, I can't... Un- I, I, I don't know of an advantage that you would have by having screws be loose in the windshield. I mean, would it would allow air but, in? But Rodney Childers made a statement on social media that said, hey, we built this car, a brand new car, and we put each screw in and we had silicone on it on the bottom end and silicone on the top end. And Rodney is saying that all day long while the car was just Vibrating. with the turbulence of the draft that a couple of the screws bagged out. That's his story. Uh, is it true? I tend to take Rodney uh, at his word on that. It was probably just uh, a bad thing that happened with a brand-new race car, but I I can't think of, uh, I don't don't know of a reason why they would be trying to do that intentionally.
2: Yeah, I don't know what the advantage is. Leaking no. air, like letting air flow through, I don't, yeah. I, it would seem to be a problem, not a help, but they certainly have a rule against it, and they DQ'd one of the greatest drivers in the future. Hey, so, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this episode of Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. See us on W at you can visit us at www.sadlerstanleyracing.com on all social media platforms SS Racing on Facebook, Sadler Senator on Twitter now X, X yeah, and anywhere else. Uh, make sure you go to our library. You can see us on Spotify. Uh, iTunes, everywhere, and we have such a library, as I said before, go through it. It's funny stuff. Uh, you'll want to listen to every episode, and we thank you for reviewing and giving us a five-star review, and we thank the listener. It grows every week. There not a week goes by that when we drop one, I get thanked by somebody that says, you know, like like I said earlier in the second segment, the truck driver says, you give me two hours of peace, and for me, that makes every hour that we spend doing this worthwhile, and it's a lot of fun to do with you, Her- uh, Hermie, so Thank you for that. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley, and I'm Leaning Right, right out of Fo' Show Restaurant, which is now hopping,
3: hopping, I'm telling you. And I'm Hermie Sadler, Turning Left. We appreciate all our listeners, and we appreciate Paysomatic for giving us the opportunity to send to you, Leaning Right and Turning Left, with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Paysomatic. God bless you all.